three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your hubbearer. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. You feel these nipples. That boy is good. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome back in, everybody. It's Monday, December 11th. Coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in sunny Louisville, Kentucky. Cards fans, visit business.louisville.edu to find out how you can get your MBA in just 12 months and feel like you're being paid to do so in the process. Business.louisville.edu. .edu for the NBA that pays. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. I didn't say that at the beginning. A little rusty. Had a couple days off last week. Happy to be back here from 3.05 until 6 on 14.50 a.m. 96.1 FM. Streaming all over the land. You know us better as the Big X. It is Mike Rutherford back here today after a couple of absences on Thursday and Friday due to a the Rutherford household becoming overwhelmed with strep throat. Also back today after a week-long hiatus is one Trevor Kelsey with plenty to discuss after his week off. TK. How are we, buddy? Doing good. Doing excellent. I expected a little bit more. I, well, I mean, I, whole week off. That's all we get. Okay. Well, I, it was it wasn't off. It was you know after the weekend that was you know with the the ACC title game and the San Francisco game. I I had I had to reflect on, on my life, Mike, and I just I took a trip to Tibet, did like Brad Pitt in the movie, <laughs> went, went walking to the mountains, spent some time with some monks. The first bad football <laughs> weekend in over a year for him. He just couldn't handle it. I couldn't. I broke. Like right after the San Francisco game, I just walked out of my house like like Forrest Gump, just kept walking. <laughs> like I, I well, we know that's not true. <laughs> Next thing, well, I got in a rascal. Next thing I know, I was like, "Welcome to Arkansas." I was like, "I don't want to be in Arkansas." It's like, what am I doing here? And then I, you know, it's like, I know I'm in Tibet. I'm 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 chanting, and it was. It, it, it made me realize a lot of things. Then I got back and we lost to DePaul. And you we lost, right back, yeah. Lost to Cowboys. And I'm like, stupid monks. Quick trip back to the back. Yeah. So I canceled that check to the monks uh, missionary that I'd written for him. And uh, I just said, you know what? Screw that. I'm going back to old school Trevor. So here I am. All the rage that I had prevented the air, the airwaves from hearing last Monday is now going to be unleashed full force this Monday. Oh, it's and it's backed up too. Like you, I mean, you, I, I don't know if you had, if your throat's still bothering you. Might if you want, you want to go smoke a cigarette or get a cup of coffee or something. I got time. It will be nice to have you. Like, like my, uh, my, I hope my voice sounds okay. I, I, I don't. It's not as bad as it was the last couple of days. So, I mean, I, I think on on the show Wednesday, I kind of it was it was just like what happened when we got hand, foot, and mouth of, like a couple months ago, where I'm like, oh no, John's got hand, foot, and mouth, and all the textures are like, if you feel a slight tickle in your throat. Like that's when hell starts. Like, like you're get ready, it's coming. And, and sure enough, like at the end of that show, I think it was a Wednesday then too. 
I start feeling like a little tickle in my throat, and then like all hell is unleashed the next couple of days. And this was like on air. I did feel bad for Scoots. I'm like, Scoots, just stay in the other room. Because we had taken Virginia and John had just seemed like sort of off. Like, like they were just Virginia was asking to go to sleep earlier than usual, but she was in a good mood for school. She was like fine. She was happy. She wasn't saying that anything was hurting, but she also wasn't eating. So we thought maybe she had like a little stomach bug. And John was kind of the same way. So Mary had taken them to the doctor on Wednesday, like while I was on the air. And she texted me during the show and was like, Virginia has strep. And I was like, so that's the tickle I've been feeling in the back of my throat. I was like, Scoot, stay away. Like, like I, you knew it was coming. And sure enough, in the middle of the night, that night, like it all kind of hit me. And Thursday sucked. Friday was better, but I just, I didn't, Duke and called me. And he was like, yeah, you sound like absolute crap. We can't have you on the radio sounding like that. And so my understanding, though, is on Friday, like the whole intro show, the intro played the way it was supposed to. And then it was just dead air for like four minutes before they figured out that like nobody was going to come on. So I, I don't know what exactly happened. I'm sorry for the tease that people maybe felt when, when the, the, the regular intro started, but we did not do shows on Thursday and Friday. I feel like I'm, I'm back now. Big thanks to Scoots though, who filled in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Gary was here on Monday and d- did a good job. I enjoyed talking to Scoots. Some people expressed their upset, level with Scoots, but you know, look, I, I enjoy why, the why conversation. Why were we mad at Scoots? People were mad at Scoots for some of his takes. I don't know. And there's a couple of people who were just like, from the beginning, were like, this guy sucks. Get Gary back. Like, you know, you just... People <laughs> I, miss you, Trey. I, I, did, I did listen. Now, I did get a chance to, to, to download. I, I couldn't stream, you know, being up in the Himalaya Mountains and everything, but I did get to download the podcasts and, and listen to them, not live, but occasionally. And I did have a couple things. One, okay. um, you and Gary made fun of me for playing the song uh, California by Wax. I saw that band twice in concert in the 90s, so suck it. I legitimately thought you just like Spotify <laughs> no. searched like California no. and that song came up. I it was just it was a it was a band that had that was like the closest thing to a hit they ever had like back in 94. And I saw them at like back to back LRS Fest. Because the first three songs that had the California theme were like, all right, this is this is where most people would go. And then sure enough, I was like, uh, I was like, I don't think Trevor could come up with a fourth there because the fourth and fifth were just very obscure. And it turns out you actually just you had it in mind. Second, uh, I am you. You are semi right. There is a expiration date on TV Tuesday, but I'm getting it to at least to the end of the year. Uh, and I don't care how creepy the kids sound, how it's creepy it sounds listening to Rugrats music coming into a segment. Not creepy, just. <laughs> Not great for like <laughs> do 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 do. Welcome back in a sports radio. Can talk. you believe Kenny Payne? <laughs> uh, I did watch. I did watch Community. The first three seasons are excellent. After that, it fades and fades heavy. Ah, uh, see, for some reason, maybe I was confusing it with Parks and Rec. That one I did not get into. No, I, 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 I tried to watch it. Yeah, both those shows you hadn't watched. I, I do. I do love ball. the reels of Parks and Rec, though. Anything, so anything with Ron Swanson and Chris Pratt in it on the reels, I love. Like, They're very I, funny. I think it's the Amy Poehler character that annoys me, and and um, I can't remember the uh, what's the Indians dude's name the the I had the younger guy I can't remember his name. oh is he sorry yeah he kind of gets my I don't know some about him too I don't know they they never did it for me so but there are some characters I do love on that show uh, so I do love the little clips especially the Kim Kardashian uh, it's uh, a good one yeah that's one of the best ones I'm trying to think if there's anything else that you said that made me mad um, no, I think those are the only two things really other than I, I mean that you that you said now I mean obviously. The basketball program has made me upset. The Eagles uh, have not been very satisfying, and I, I'm not angry at you. And I, I agree with you 100 when you make the statement. You know, I'm, you're not going to tell somebody how to fan, but I was very upset at a lot of my fellow Louisville Cardinal fans at the reaction that they had towards the Florida State loss. I was surprised. That was and, pretty much all of Monday show. And you, and you nailed a lot of it. You were like in my head a little bit, saying a lot of things you said. You know. You know, like, listen, what did you expect Plummer to wake up and be, you know, 
you know, Tom Brady all, all of a sudden out of nowhere after, you know, 12 weeks of watching this same quarterback play. To, to clarify, it's fine to be upset about the way that he played. It, it's not fine, I think, to be, like, surprised and upset. It's not like this was Teddy Bridgewater putting up this stinker at the end of a, a fantastic Or to completely season. blame him for the loss. And, and also kind of the way, like, some fans were almost turning on Jeff after one game. And I agree. I think a lot of it was backed-up residue from the U.K. loss. You know, I, I think a lot of it just kind of boiled over, but... Yeah, I just I, it kind of surprised me a little bit, and, and, and both surprised and upset me a little bit too. Is I'm like, we just went ten and three. I mean, I know I understand the losing the last two games of the season is not ideal, but it's not like a we didn't get and one of them wasn't upset, and I understand how frustrating it can be. But the Florida State game was, I mean, it wasn't a blowout. I mean, we were right there in the game. I'm with whether it's a minority or majority. I think it was a touchdown in the end zone. I would love to at least see a replay. But or like a challenge of some kind because I thought it should was worthy of it. But you know, sort of that. I mean, Louisville was in that game. I mean, they missed a few opportunities. You went through it. I'm not gonna go all the way down it. The one that really stuck out to me was that first first fourth down attempt when you know, we had the guy wide open in the flat yeah. and Plummer for some reason of all all games every year he does that pump fake when he runs and this time he doesn't do it, yeah. which allows the guy to time it perfectly. I mean, he does the one pump fake. He's Gets All him. he has to do. Yeah, and the guy's coming down. He throws it over his head. Boom, bam. We're first down, and who knows how the game changes in that way. I mean, that was you know, a, bit, a big momentum shift right early in the game. So I, I, won't, I won't spend a whole lot of time breaking it down, but that's just kind of my thoughts. You, you need a lot of it on Monday. Go back and listen to the Monday show if you haven't heard it. Your opening mic. rant was – A whole lot of mic on that show. Yeah, and but that first rant was – I mean, there wasn't a thing you said that I was like – I remember listening to it going, I would have just said the exact same thing, just but – you just did everything I would have said, but with better grammar. Well, now I feel bad about it. Now I feel like I need to, to rethink my stance on a lot of things. I mean, it was like this is – we're now at a different Monday where people are very upset about a different thing. This is It's going to be another angry Monday on, on the show. I think more from the, the – Yeah, I ain't losing the Cowboys too, people. I mean, yeah, I mean, we will talk about who we're more concerned about, the Eagles or the Lions. We, I think we can get into that discussion. There is some positive news from over the weekend, but it was a, a, a bad weekend. I did want to give you a chance to kind of rehash some thoughts, because Monday's show, I did, like, I was sad that you weren't here, because it was one of those shows where you've got a, a million things packed into three yeah. hours. You've got the loss to FSU, you've got the fallout from, you know, FSU not getting taken for the, the college football playoff, us going to the Holiday Bowl, the basketball team not looking good again. Um, you, you know, I don't, All I, that stuff was happening, and it was just, you know, people missed you. And I'm going to push the basketball silo because we can double down on the, in the anger of the basketball team from back-to-back weekends now uh, with, with, with that, but with Virginia Tech and now DePaul. But the one thing about the FSU game that I, I – yeah, yeah, they got screwed. And, and I've always been the one to be like, if you're undefeated, you get a shot. I've, I supported Central Florida. I've supported, you know – Boise State back in 05. You know, I'm, if you're undefeated, you get a shot to me. I don't care what conference you play. In. To me, I'd have put Liberty in this big four. I mean, they're undefeated, right? Let them play. Um, but on the other hand, I just have a trouble feeling bad for Florida State. Oh, I, I don't mean, feel bad for them. I, I, mean, I think it's ridiculous. Listen, I don't feel bad. If you think about look, look, this is a team that – how many times did they screw people over in the 90s? Like, in 93, their first national title. Many argue they had no business being in that title game over Notre Dame. 98, they had one loss and got lost their quarterback. I don't know if you remember this. When they lost their quarterback, Winky, the last game of the season, and they got in over two other one-loss teams, including Ohio State that was much better, with their backup in the national title game. Well, keep in mind there was no real national title game. But that was the first BCS. Was it 98? That was the first one against Tennessee, yeah. Because the 93 one, it was just like people were like, oh, they're better than Notre Dame. I'm like, well, hold on. But 98. Notre Dame beat them. But 98, no. 98 was the first BCS because it was coming off the – 
the 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 Michigan and uh, Nebraska tie, and they're like, we can't do a tie anymore. We got to do BCS, and so the only undefeated team was Tennessee, and then Florida State lost to a lose. I think a, a NC State team that year that was like five and seven, got blown out by them. And Ohio State, of course, lost the last game of the regular season. Mm-hmm. They only lost to Bianca Patuka in his 552 yards rushing. So, I mean, and they, and they lost their quarterback. So, they still got a chance to play a national title game over another team that probably deserved it more. So, I'm sorry. Guess what? Year, right? Comes back around, buddy. Florida State, they comes back. 2000, I think it was a 2000 team. That team had no business going in over Miami. And they got to go play for the national title. The one that lost to Oklahoma? Yes. A terrible title Got to be 13-2. 13-2. Miami, you can't tell me Miami didn't deserve to be in there. Because they had lost one game in the regular season, early in the season, to Was- uh, I think it was to Washington, I believe. I mean, yeah. And then it did destroy- Miami destroyed UCLA at the end of that season, who was like number two in the country. Uh, yeah, that's... No. I, so, I'm sorry. Florida State, I get it. You're upset. You got screwed. But guess what? It was bound to come back around to you. Karma, baby. That's what happens. So next time you go, oh, we should have had a shot. You've had plenty of opportunities in the past. Get over it. I mean, I think that's, <laughs> you know, it's. Plus, I don't like Florida State. Screw you, say, Seminoles. It's more of a personal thing. You're, you're, like, you're the, the, the players on this Burgundy team, and gold. The players on this year's 2023 team had nothing to do with a selection process that took place before they were born. So I, I do feel bad. Blame your parents. I feel bad for the players. There's no part of me that feels bad for the fans. It doesn't. No, none no. of that changes the fact that I thought it was an egregious, just that was horrible. sham that goes flies in the face of everything competitive and, and what should be attempted to be achieved in college athletics. I, I would have even put my four team would have been Ohio State. And I, here's here's my logic. Washington automatically in, right? Okay, we know that one. Um, who, who's Michigan. your other? Michigan's automatically in. They're the other, and so you have two undefeated teams. Am I forgetting a third? Liberty will be your third because there's. The third, I'm thinking, I mean, come on, man. They're <laughs> undefeated, but you can't put Alabama in because. Well, then how are you questioning Florida State if Liberty's got to be in as the three I'll, seed? Okay, I'll put Florida State in the three then. Then, then there's no comparison. If you're gonna skip, if you're gonna skip Florida State, there and are I'm, four undefeated teams. For your philosophy here, your criteria, this is perfect. We're done. There's nothing else that needs to be said. I, I, first of all, yes. Second, if you're gonna if you're gonna screw Liberty, and I have no problem with that, somewhat, you know. That's but if you do the three, so you put Florida State the three, you got okay. What do we put Texas, Alabama, you know? Who, who do we? I say you know Georgia lost to Alabama, they're done. Alabama lost to Texas, they're done. Texas lost to the worst of all those teams, which is Oklahoma, they're done. Well, State's got one loss, and it's only to Michigan. Put them in. Yeah, I mean, they didn't want to. If you can't make any of the three, ha- if you can't make, if you're going to make everybody unhappy by picking one of the three, then just make them all unhappy and put Ohio State. Which why the whole the whole criteria thing was a sham. Like it was. We're four best teams. Well, if you're taking the four best teams, how do you have Ohio State behind Florida State? They didn't, they never even got put in a discussion. Which I understand they had the one loss, but again, their one loss was probably On the, the road to the number one team. Yeah, other than Georgia, they're be- they had the best number, the best one loss. Yeah, we don't need to go too deeply into the selection no. process again because I think we both agree it was it was a sham. It was it was bad. Thank God for the twelve team playoff. That's I think they, they they were going out on this 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 playoff with, with a bang in terms of like uh, just like when they went to the BCS ninety eight. They're like we can't have another we can't have another tie. Screw this. It's good timing for them honestly because this there will be no carryover effect from this. Like you know, I think everyone agrees that this is sort of this is the first time where some people are saying, hey, maybe a team a, a sport with one hundred and thirty three teams and just a twelve game sample size shouldn't be whittled down to a four-team selection process by some weird committee of people. Maybe that's not the best way to go. Maybe it's not the fail, most fail-proof way to crown a national champion. And I think there, there, you know, if there were still a four-team playoff in place for the next couple of years, you would have people trying to expedite the process and, and raising hell. But now you've already got the playoff expanded to 12 next season. It kind of lets all these people off 
on the hook, especially if the if the semifinal games wind up being good, which there's a very good chance they will yeah, be. I think and they if could Florida be. State gets blown out by Georgia, we did the right thing. No, like, what happens in these games does not change the fact that you screwed this whole thing up. Uh, but they I mean, will, it, it, they'll end up getting let off, let off the hook, and people will forget about this, and people won't care, and we'll move on, and we'll get excited for the 12-team playoff. It's perfect timing for them. I mean, Georgia slept like a little bit earlier in the season, but of, of, other than them, I mean, everybody else in this has, I mean, Michigan not so much because they didn't play anybody really, but other than Ohio State who gave them a game. But, you know, Washington we saw play down somewhat competition with other teams. Who knows if they would get upset in a playoff. We've seen Alabama, you know, you could say play down or struggle with lesser teams, Arkansas and so so on. It'd be a fun year for a Yeah, team it could have been, yeah. And I think it will be in the future. And, of course, we're going to still argue about who, you know, 12, 13, and 14. But it's easy to argue that than I think it is when you're breaking down the top four and you got five, six, and seven still there that debatably – could be right there in the top four. And you can't tell me that it won't be just as fun. I mean, th- those are going to be heavy hitters that are, are fighting for, like, the 10th, 11th, 12th spots. Like, you know, I mean, think about the last few weeks of March Madness. We pay more attention to, like, the bubble. Bubble watch is, is a bigger thing than, oh, like, yeah. than, like, number one seed watch. And in, in reality, like, the last few teams that make it in, the last few at-large teams that make it in, more times than not, you, you know, they're not going to like go to the Final Four. It's happened twice since we've expanded to 68 teams. So we're just talking about who gets in. This is going to be the same thing, except these teams, if you're like the number 8, number 9, number 10 team in the country, you probably have a decent chance at playing your way to the, the semifinals or the national title game. Like You can't tell me that it's not going to be just as fun coming down to the final weeks when, when that's the debate and when you know, you've got four buys at stake and, and being a, the number one seed and having home field advantage potentially if, the, if they go to a home field deal for the quarterfinals. Like, it's going to be just as fun. It's just going to be a different type of fun than it's been in the past. And I think you said it, I, think, I don't know if you said it on Monday or Tuesday, but I agree too. It's, I think it was you said it. Where the only, only problem is, is there's 12 teams – we can almost guarantee eight of them are going to be like SEC and Big Ten, right? Well, from now. Yeah. For for a while, probably. I mean, you ACC will probably get one or two, you know, a champion and maybe one or two, maybe one other person. You'll have, you know, outside your Liberty, your, your mid-level, maybe get one sneaking in. Well, they have You're, to have a group of five teams, so one of them will get in. Okay, so yeah, but I mean, you're only getting probably one from yes. your, everybody yeah, else, sure. pretty much. I mean, maybe two or three. I, I would be shocked if the Big Ten and, Ace, and, and, and the SEC – for a while, and, and as this goes on, that's not a problem. I, mean, I still have, I'm still loving it, but I would say minimum six teams from those two combined over the next ten years, probably. I do hate that we're shifting. Like, like right, when we're finally getting a playoff. I feel like the landscape of the sport is shifting for the worse as far as the conferences. It is. Like, we won't have like like a playoff for every year that we had growing up, where you had conferences that that more like basically every conference had between eight to twelve teams, and it was it was kind of. It was easier to figure out who was great and, and who was the best in the conference and the elite of the elite. Those would have been such fantastic years where it's like, okay, two teams from the SEC and two teams from the Big Ten and this team that came out of nowhere. Like Louisville, the Fiesta Bowl team, gets in as like the, the 12 seed that year in 1990. Like all of those seasons would have been so fun to figure out who the best out of that group was. And now I feel like we're in this weird thing where we're just going to have to be assuming that all the teams in the Big Ten and the SEC are the best. I mean, hell, we did that this year. The SEC. And, and I'm repeating myself from Monday. The SEC's best non-conference win was Kentucky over Louisville this year. Like the SEC beat nobody in the non-conference, and we all just assume that these teams at the top, the, the Georgias and the the Alabamas and and whoever else was good, that LSU was okay this year. I mean, I think Alabama and Georgia are good. But I, like we did, you know, we, we I, I do too. But I thought but I, I said I thought LSU that, was overrated. I just why I didn't. But give we're much just assuming that win. based on what they've done in the past because there's nothing yeah. on paper that backs that up. And that's the problem with college football is, you know, 
every other sport, it's just about that season. You, you don't give the Chiefs preferential treatment in the playoffs. They don't, they don't get a bump in seed line. Speak for yourself. Because they were better the last couple of years in, in you know one Super Bowl, two of the last three seasons or whatever. It doesn't help their power ranking. They're not going to get the, the one seed when they have a worse record. than like It's all based on what you've done that year. And college football is the only sport where it kind of matters what you've done in your past, if, if we're being honest. And that's not going to stop anytime soon, especially with these conferences expanding to 20 teams where it's going to be just like, – they're going to play maybe one meaningful non-conference game, if that. These teams, some of the bigger teams, most teams won't play any meaningful non-conference games. And then they'll just beat up on each other, and we'll be like, well, I I mean, Michigan lost to the only two teams they played, really, but I think they're good, so they get into the playoff <laughs> as the nine seed. Like, like, that's going to be yeah. the thing moving forward. And that, uh, that sucks. Speaking, speaking of karma, I love, love the fact the Chiefs are yelling at the, the officials, which was Carl Shepard who made that Oh, call. was it really? Yes. I was like, ha, ha, ha. I saw somebody go through a long thread of like all the times the Chiefs have been bailed out by officials the last few years. <laughs> yeah, Carl Shepard was the official that did the flag. <laughs> yes. Ba- karma, baby. And like, then, you, then again, I, I can't, come on, Pops. You can't be blaming them. When your receiver is lined up almost next to the defense. He's obviously lined up offside. Like, yeah. If, if you hate that it got called, that's one thing. But like, it's it's a penalty. No, like, but you the, can't get that mad about I it. I love their anger is, they should have told us so we could have fixed it. Like, yeah, that's not the What Really? Works. What? Like, did, anyway. did, did they look at James Bradsbury in the Super Bowl and go, that, should, that was a holding. We're going to let it slide, though. But you held. I mean, <laughs> It's also a point of emphasis this year, according to the officials. Like They've, yeah. called, it, they've called it this year 11 more times, times than they've called it like the last like five years combined or something. The, the stats were 11. That was the 11th this year. Last year was four. Year, and there was like three before that in the, like history. So, yeah, it's been pushed heavily this year. It, did, it should be, though. He guys lined up in the defense pretty much. It did violate my my personal rule, which is that in sports, if something cool as hell happens, it should just, like, let it go. It should stand, regardless of if it breaks yeah. a rule or not. And that was that was, that was pretty cool. It also backs up. I've been saying this for they a while. They called the band on the field back for a yeah. holding or something. <laughs> I, I remember saying this, like, when I first came on the radio. I, I felt like the next big evolution in football, the next big, like, like what's next? Like, how's the game going to change? I feel like it, I've always been saying it. I think it's going to involve the lateral. Like, like the, I feel mm-hmm. like the lateral is an unused skill, and that may be a glimpse into something that comes. Like, if you played, I played flag football in college, and they've got these weird rules where, like, you can just like throw the ball all around. Like, people would always use it. Like, it was like half football, half uh, like ultimate frisbee, where dudes would just like throw the ball across the field and have designed plays set up that way. I feel like, I always kind of wonder why that wasn't used more in organized eleven on eleven football. And I feel like that's probably going to be a thing that at some point some wise offensive coordinator is going to going to make that part of his game plan. Three three most famous laterals to me would be the original hook and ladder San Diego versus Miami in '84. Uh, I'll go Boise State in 05 and Music City Miracle in 2000. Speaking of RIP to Frank Wycheck, saw that. Yes, yesterday. I know. And that's yes. I didn't even think about that when I said the two connections. Very yeah. sad. Yes. Uh, so that, that'd be my three, I guess. So any, any of them stick out to you in terms of famous laterals? Um, I mean, I, I was thinking this is not as famous as the three that you mentioned, but the Miami Duke game a few years ago where they lateraled like seventeen times yeah. in that kickoff return. The dude was obviously down at the very beginning. Um, but that would be that that would be one. I can't think of another really really good one. There was they, a really good one. The Reggie the, Bush one in the in the, the 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 one that ended poorly in the Rose Bowl against Texas, and then Vince Young did the same thing and got away with it. Yeah. Uh, that that would be one. I mean, that mistake may have cost USC the national title. There was one of the I don't know if you remember. There was a it's a regular season. I think it was the last regular season game between the Saints and the Jags. I believe it was the Saints that did like three, did a ton of laterals, got the touchdown, and then missed the extra points. So they lost the game anyway. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah I want to say it was Saints because I think it was Saints that, that, that missed it, but I know it was Saints and Jags game. It was like last regular season game. It was one of the Saints, like man, what a gut punch. 
Um, last thing real quick for my recap. Uh, I want to talk about the bowl game. I know a lot of people uh, I would love to play in the Orange Bowl. Would have loved it. I get it. But I feel like this is like the best option B that we could have had any other option for the bowls. You talked about it for, on last week a little bit. One, the Holiday Bowl does have a name. It, it does have some panage to it. You know, it's got some history to it. Um, Panage? Yeah. You like that? I'd look it up. Nikki Panage? <laughs> uh, Booth had Panache. Uh, so close, though. <laughs> great line from In Line of Fire. Um, but that, also the matchup. I didn't understand, you know, okay, the women's going to play. So, uh, the, you know, Lynch, the running back, or declare who, this guy, this guy, this guy. This, so all their best players are going to play. Who cares? It's USC. In five, ten years, you're gonna we win this game. We're gonna talk about how you beat USC in the Holiday Bowl. We talk about how we beat Alabama in the Fiesta Bowl. Does anybody talk about how they were six and six? No, you beat Alabama. Same with Kentucky. They beat Alabama. You know, we beat Texas A and M in the, the bowl game a few years back. I can't remember what A and M's record was. I think they had a good record, but I don't remember what it was. I don't care. We beat A and M. That that's to me that that's that is the most important thing. I think that is what I love about this bowl. And if I'm Jack Plummer. Is there any defense better to go out in against than this defense right here? No. I mean, this is the perfect scenario for him to resurrect his love from the fan base. You know, they're not going to go out. He's not going to leave no matter what he does and have, you know, as a top five favorite quarterback. But the, the, the taste is sour completely in everyone's mouth. And I understand why. This is a game, a USC team that gave up 1,000 yards passing to everybody they played. Perfect games right here. Lowen going and drop 45 on them. It, when they shoot out or not, it doesn't matter. As long as they win, put up a ton of points, look good, have fun. We we walk away a holiday bowl winner in San Diego, which is a beautiful city to visit, by the way, whether no matter what the situation of the date is. And it's it's all it's all roses and, and ice cream and Dr. Pepper all over the place. And look, if Plummer sucks in the first quarter, you bring in Pierce Clarkson or Harrison Bailey. Or Maybe whoever, he plays well. And if, and if they play poorly, who cares? Like, yeah. You know, it's just it, it feels like a house. Money I find thing. it hard to play poorly against the USC. I don't think anyone's played poorly against USC's defense this year. You would hope so. I All mean, right. even Stanford, when they were as bad as they were offensively, put up like forty points on them. I wanted to give Trevor a chance to to recap some of the things that he missed last week. I can I, I can hear the like the salivating from people out there that are just chomping like like just waiting <laughs> sharks in the water waiting for us to talk about basketball no 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 what do you mean what else did i miss last week in football no, um we, we will do that after the break i i, I will share some thoughts I, i've got i've got a lot of thoughts to get to and i know you do too i've seen the text line i've seen people like we'll talk about it all coming up after the break keep it locked right here the mike rutherford show continues next here on 1450 and 961 the big x i don't break easy from the depths of the sea back to the block Snoop Doggy Dog Pokey is the the, the doc went solo on that ass but it's still the same Long Beach is the spot where I serve my cane follow me follow me follow me follow me but you bet not slip cause non-trizzay's the yes here for me to clizz out my oh I was wondering so what we were gonna do Back and once again, I got five. It's radio edit. It's like that. I, was, I didn't know it was going to blank it out. Put a pull on his back. Second segment. <laughs> you made me nervous sometimes. Hey, I, I heard Scoots uh, dropped the ball on Wednesday. I'm speaking of the devil. What do you mean? 
heard rumors. Scooch, did Scooch play something bad on, on, on Wednesday show? I don't think so. Somebody said, did he play, did he play Grove, Cre- Grove Street or something on Wednesday? Not on my show. That would, that would be a carousel. Ah, That's a okay. UK song. Well, I know, but I thought he... Well, see, he when I asked him the music, he, he was like, do Tuesday. And I was like, do you want me to send Wednesday as well? Cause I just, he did Wednesday. He, he did. He, he did. And then he was like, he goes, yeah. And then he, like, two seconds later, he goes, no, your, your, your random thing sucks. I'll play Wednesday. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know if you're, you're hurting my feelings. I mean, I, that, that, that's cool. He did not play Grocery Party in the show. Okay, so, so I would have been that was a, I did. Well, I listened to some of Kerosene's two podcasts while I was. You know, there's, there's, I couldn't get cable in Tibet. All right, let's. Um, <laughs> the mountains were very selective. I feel like I'm going to disappoint people today, at least more than usual. I, I'll disappoint people more than usual today because, in the wake of the loss to DePaul on Saturday, I've gotten. I'll, I'll do the Kenny Payne thing. All right, oh, good lord. I've gotten hundreds of calls about this. <laughs> Hundreds of people have sent me messages or called me directly to say, can't wait for Salty Mike on Monday. Like, like, hope you're back on the radio on Monday. Can't wait for you to go off. Or it's time to call for Kenny Payne's job. It's time to, to get mad about this. It's time, to, it's time for Mike to do something here. And I don't think there's anything that I can say that I haven't said <laughs> a, a thousand times over the last year and a half. Like, it, it would just be repeating myself if I go on some sort of epic rant where I'm raging about the state of Louisville basketball and the st- and what Kenny Payne's not doing. I, what else can I do that I have not done already? There's nothing that I can say outside of what do you do? Like, we got to kill him. Like, like, there's nothing that I can say that's the only place oh, there is left to go. slow down on that one now. <laughs> I mean, that's the only place left to go that, like, we have, like, like physical violence. Like, we need to go to his house. and like, There's nothing. No, like, I, I can't rant and rave about things that I've already ranted and raved about it's hilarious. You said I got a bad buddy called me yesterday and said the same thing. He goes, I can't wait till this show on Monday after that loss. I'm like, what What did you think? What have I been like sunshine every other day before? I'm like, I'm just the same way I told him. I was like, what am I going to say that you haven't heard me say before? I think, I mean, he's be- like, well, no, you'll be mad. I'm like, because it's DePaul, because it's DePaul, a name that has read. I mean, I, look, I've, yeah. I, I've made fun of DePaul for a long, long time. I they, take a little blame for the death of DePaul Day. Like, ever since I've been with you, it's yeah, been, it died two years yeah. ago. I mean, that was the other thing too: is people were doing the whole like it's DePaul Day. DePaul, no, DePaul Day's dead. Like the whole, the whole aura of the holiday, the, the whole, the central storyline of the holiday was we. It's impossible for us to lose to DePaul. It, I created this holiday with my my buddy Weber when we were like uh, like thirteen, fourteen. And the, it was just all based on, hey, I don't think we ever lose to DePaul. Weird stuff happens. We just never lose to them. And the only times that we had ever lost to them since uh, since we created DePaul Day, we were away at college, and the game wasn't on national TV. So if I didn't see it, I don't think it actually happened. And that got blown to hell forever, December 10th, uh, almost exactly two years ago, 2020, uh, 2021, when Chris Mack first came back at the Yum Center after suspension, loses at home to DePaul. That end of the holiday. There's no holiday after that. You, you can't come back from that. So like everybody doing the DePaul Day stuff, I was like, no, it, it, it's dead. It's done. It's like, you know, it, it's like some of the, one, the the worst movie remake that, that you hate, Trevor. You can't just recapture that glory. You, no. know, you can call it something, but it's not that thing anymore. It's done. And But because it was DePaul, Put and because loose. this is, like, this is maybe out of all the DePaul t- teams that we've seen over the years that have been abysmal. And this is a program that over the last 12 years has not finished better than second to last in the Big East one time. Has not happened over the last 12 years. This may be the worst team they've fielded in my lifetime, your lifetime, everybody listening's lifetime. They were 1-7 coming into this game. They had not been remotely competitive against any of the teams with a pulse on their schedule. 
They had just, I don't even know if you know this, Trevor, in their most recent game before playing us, they, and I don't know, Billy, oh, you said you weren't going to rant. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to. But in their most recent. So you're recent, more ranting on DePaul than you are In their are most <laughs> recent game before they played us, they played at Texas A&M. Yeah. Texas A&M in the first half of that game scored 64 points and averaged 2.1 points per possession. That means if DePaul had simply, on every single defensive possession, allowed them to go straight to the basket and dunk, they would have still scored fewer points per possession than they actually did. They were averaging more than a bucket per possession in the first half against DePaul. That's how bad the DePaul defense is. DePaul has played nine games this year. Only one team scored less on them than us. You knew who that was. That would be South Dakota, the only other team that they beat. Yes. They yeah. lost to Purdue-Fort Wayne dropped 82 on them. They lost to Fort Wayne handily. They lost to Long Beach State. San yep. Francisco beat them by 16. South Carolina, who's not very good, beat them on a neutral floor. Northern Illinois thumped them on their home floor. Yep. Iowa State could have beaten them by a billion. Texas A&M could have beaten them Did. by a billion. <laughs> beat them by a billion. And then we come to town in a game that... <laughs> It felt like we'd already lost before the game even tipped off because the fact that we were a slight underdog to DePaul at game time was just this DePaul team. <laughs> the sad thing was we were hanging our hats on the, and I know I didn't get to talk about the Botech game with you, but we were hanging our hats on that we played better on the road, right? And that now we it haven't did. won the games because we've lost, what, 22 or 32 or 82? consecutive road games. Yeah, we have our last road win, I believe, was 2011. Uh, um, January 2nd, 2022. It's bad that I can tell you the date. By the way, we don't play another true road game until January 3rd, which means we will go two full calendar years without winning a single game on an opponent's home floor. But, but that was like our that was what we were hanging our head on of, of positivity other than the fact that we were playing DePaul is that it was at DePaul. Like, if we were playing the Young, we could be worried. We be, we're better on the road, right, Mike? We're going to, especially against a bad team well, on the road? here's the problem, though. There were 4,400 fans at that game. Everybody yeah, right. was there. Everybody was there said it was more than half Louisville fans. We had the buses go up from the West End. <laughs> there were a lot of Louisville fans there. I think we had more than half the crowd, which is why we played so badly. <laughs> why did you go to the game, people? We negated our I mean, road We don't put 4,400 in the Yum Center. How did we put 4,400 in, in a Chicago We arena? negated our road court <laughs> advantage by having too many fans there. Oh, man, DePaul, you could have brought like six people. So the game... You, you know, it it already feels like a loss. I mean, we're getting made fun of nationally. Everybody's hyping this up. Game of the century, the you know, the, the sickos game of the year. DePaul, the, the two worst Power Five conference teams, and we play right into it because Lord knows they look better than we do. Oh yeah, like that was that, that was the thing too. We, we lost the game seventy five to sixty eight. It was relatively competitive. They looked like the better team from start to finish, and this is a team that has looked abysmal against everybody so far this year. They come out. I don't think that we do scouting reports. I really and truly don't. Like, this DePaul team, they do one thing well. They shoot the three. They came in shooting just below 40% as a team from three. It's why they score in chunks. They don't defend anybody. They don't have any sort of organized offense. They're very much coached like we are. Tony Stubblefield has no idea what the hell he's doing. They shoot a bunch of threes, though. And we come out, what do we do? We just don't guard the three. We, 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 you know, whatever. In fairness, we don't do that anytime. We don't do it against anybody. Yeah, someone like we just suddenly stop doing it. Left wing catch and shoot three for a guy shooting 45% from Wide the shore. Why yeah. not? Over like, like over you know, rotating to, to, to cut off an outside shot from a guy who shoots 11% for three to give up a wide open one for a guy who shoots 73% from three. Sure. Let's do it seven times in a row and never get corrected. So we let them come out. And thank God the first two segments weren't actually on TV. Because I, I wasn't going to download the app for this. I, I'm making jokes. Everyone's like, well, you can just watch on the app. I'm not I, downloading the app to watch does, Louisville DePaul. Yeah, I'll talk about that. Does anybody actually have Fox Sports app? 
People down. People were watching. Like it. I have. That's I have every app and streaming site you would think of America. That's the one I. I've never had any desire to. Why would I download it? Like I don't want to watch like what to watch like what World Series of Poker on there. I heard enough from people who were at the game. I was like, this is fine. I'll, I'll watch the game when it comes on. I'm not going to go out of my way. I will watch this game. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it when it's not on my TV. I had to watch it on mute anyway because I was working. I was airing the uh, Indiana game on our station. God love so I was you. Listening, I was listening. I was listening to Fisher while watching us, which was intriguing in its own right. So the game continues, and, and look, we we don't play any defense. We're we're, we're not playing. Yeah, we're playing hard enough to come back and make it a game because we, Lord knows DePaul's not going to close out anybody. We They're were down, actively, what, six when it got to our game, I think? I don't even know. Who cares? We, we were down. I know that when it came to us. They, they you know, they, they keep, we, we're not playing any defense. They're not playing any defense. It's just, there's no organized offense whatsoever. <laughs> they throw the 2 3 zone at us. We get tricked again. We, we have like one play that we run against the offense, which works a couple times where we have a guy flash and then a guy cuts to the block. We get an easy layup off it the first time, which is basically, I think we ran that play in fifth and sixth grade. Which is good. Like, like it, it's not that difficult to figure out how to attack a 2-3 zone. You just need a concerted game plan and guys on the floor who understand what they're supposed to do. But then we just kept trying to do the same thing. And, it, like, eventually DePaul, as bad as they are, was like, all right, well, we're just going to cut off that simple pass to the block and make you do something else. And we had no answer for that chess move. <laughs> no no answer whatsoever. So we're not doing anything on offense for basically Kenny the Payne's entire like, game. Stub, that tricky stubble field. Yeah. That sneaky stubble field. He moved his queen out. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> you, can, you can switch. The queen can go anywhere. <laughs> castle. What's this castle? When in doubt, castle. When you get king, you can move back and forth. What? So yeah, he's like, I thought you could double jump. That's checkers, Kenny. That's what, that's the issue we're dealing with here. We we have no semblance of a game plan on offense. We, nah. we refuse to guard them defensively. Nah. They're still trying to give us the game in the second half. It was very much reminiscent of the South Park episode where both teams want to lose, and so they're intentionally getting out. They're swinging at balls, and they're taking strikes, and it's like a chess match that way to, to figure out how to lose the best. Like That's the way it felt at the end of the game. I mean, all DePaul has to do is run out the clock. They're taking shots three seconds into possessions. They're fouling us on outside shots. I'm like, this is incredible theater right now. But we, at the end of the day are just simply too bad to make it closer than it should be against the DePaul team that eventually gets its lead as high as 19 in the second half and winds up uh, riding this thing out. We also foul like their only good free throw shooter, this guy who's like 98%. Let's foul him every possession. Why not? Let's Don't let anybody else give a chance to shoot free throws. The only guy who's not even touching the rim, let's foul him every single time. So they win 75-68. We're the laughing stock of college basketball. DePaul fans, I, I mean, I was wondering – because they've been very, you know, they took over the text line of the show uh, after they beat us a couple years ago. They have been like on me nonstop since then. They they were furious when we backed out of playing last year, which I understand. And, and now I get why. But <laughs> like, like when the game was scheduled December 9th, like they were all chesty, like all going nuts, all my mentions. But they've been very quiet this season because they are the worst power conference team outside of maybe us. I was going to say no, they're not the worst basketball. anymore. And so I was like, I wonder if they're even going to like do this thing again, where they're just like they're they're just crapping on Mike Rutherford for the entire weekend. Oh yeah, they 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 came full force. I got some emails, which I haven't gotten hate emails in like three or four years. That was lovely. That's nice. Uh, yeah, a lot of like just my face is photoshopped into memes. All this stuff is great. Like they very much were thumping their chest, and I was like, you know what? More power to you. At least you have something to celebrate. At least a down fan base has something to look forward to, something that they can hang their hat on. They may not win another game this year, but they beat us, and they looked better than us for the full game. And like, Louisville fans were, were outraged. I mean, I just I, – I felt not – like, I expected this. I, I, I thought that maybe we would have a chance to win. I 
I, I didn't think that, like, I, I'm not overly sure of anything when it comes to this team outside of the fact that they're never going to be overly encouraging. And this is just the latest thing. It, it's not the big thing. It's not the end-all, be-all. I mean, the, there are people like, he has to be fired before he gets home. Like, surely they're going to fire. No. Like, like, this is just the new thing. This is just the latest thing in a, in a string of things that all leads you to the same conclusion, which is this was the wrong choice. We know beyond the shadow of a doubt it was the wrong choice. It's not going to stop being the wrong choice until it comes to an end, whenever that end is. Which can be in the middle of the season or end of the season. Either way, it needs to come to an end. I'm not going to rant, though. I'm not going to rant, though. <laughs> I wouldn't say my expectations were, were positive going into the Paul game. Positive's a big word. Yeah. I, I, I thought I, I had, I, I mean, hope maybe. I mean, my hope kind of like Brooks more than than De, Andy DeFran at this point, but <laughs> like it was hope. Like, it, which by the way, I did not listen to the Kenny Payne post game conference because I did have a belt near me, so I did, was like, I'm not even listening okay, to this. Easy. I mean, so I was like, <laughs> I can't. I have shoelaces on, but no, no, no streaming to Kenny Payne right now. Um, but yeah, I just I had a little bit because we'd played you know better against Vate, and we'd played better on the road against. You know, better teams, and most teams that we play home or away are going to be better than us anyway. And DePaul, like you said, is bad. So I was like, okay, I mean, if we're going to lose, I mean, maybe we lose by a point, you know, typical style like we did last year. But it was a game where we we go in, we we just don't look like we care or want to be there. I mean, how weird is it to lose back-to-back games the exact same score, by the way? Yeah, it was the first time I think uh, it was the first time we'd had the same score in back-to-back games. Uh, Kelly Dickey found the stat since like – 2006. Uh, it was almost three straight because we beat Bellerman 73 68. Oh, you're right. And we almost then we lost back to back 75 68. That's very eerie, isn't it? We're nothing if not consistent. We lost to Indiana 74 66. We, we, we definitely stay in the right area and they all come with losses more often than not. But yeah, just, we beat d- Bellerman, Trev. I know we did. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> Trust me, we got to hang on to that. City champs. Yeah. Can't take that away from us. Suck at Simmons, suck at Bellarmine. So, to go into, the, you know, I was kind of, like you said, I was glad maybe five minutes into the game being switched over to Fox Sports, I was like, I kind of more wish Butler had like a fourth overtime right now. I just can rather be watching the overtime game between Cal and Butler than, than watching this. Because we, as soon as we got to the game, we were already went down like six or eight, I think. And if you didn't watch the app, and, and we just already, you, five, two, the, the three possessions like right away, we, we just look lost. It's, yeah. We look like nothing different than we did in the second game of the Kenny Payne era last year. And I didn't listen to the press conference, but I saw you got your your typical Kenny Payne. I was gonna say, you know what else hasn't changed? The Kenny Payne the quotes. Press conference. Oh yeah, it's the same thing. Blame blah, blah. Has he has Kenny Payne once? Kelly Dickey, you're the man of this. Has he once ever in a press conference taken a, bl- a blame for one, anything? No, he does. But then he just gives you eight straight answers after that, where it's like, why it's not his fault. Yeah, because it's the kids. It's the needs. It's the players. They're. I don't know if you've heard this, Trevor. They just don't understand what the name of the front of that jersey means. At some point, it's got, there's got to be a better answer than that. At some point, it's got to be more than just a well, psychological thing. Kenny, you better hope Josh Hurd doesn't understand either. Otherwise, you're out of a job. Because if he knows what the front of that jersey means, your your buddy ain't gonna be here much longer. I I, I guess I just because it was all the, the main point that we're both getting to is this we was, suck. Well, but that's nothing new, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. We've lost. We shouldn't. We've suck. lost 21 consecutive road games. We have not. We are about to go two full calendar years 
between winning a game on an opponent's home floor. The last team we beat on the road was Josh Pastner at Georgia Tech, and Josh Pastner's calling our games now for that reason and that reason alone. <laughs> I heard you say that. Was <laughs> we are 8-33 and <laughs> under Kenny Payne. Eight wins, oh 33 God. losses. We are 2-20 and 20 in the ACC. <laughs> there is no Sad. world in which this is remotely acceptable. There's no world in which anything— There's no sport is acceptable. There's not, and there's no— list of scenarios in which this is remotely acceptable. I, I don't care if we're on probation. I don't. I, I made this statement a, a number of times. I agree. Like I don't care if they put in a specific, like a Louisville punishment that was like, you can only play walk-ons. You can only play guys smaller than 6'3". I would still expect a coach the caliber of Louisville men's basketball to, who could earn this job to win more than eight games in, in a season and a half. I mean, Indiana and, Butler and Baylor got those punishments, and they both won more than Kenny Payne has. There's just simply no defending it at this point, and I don't think that you're seeing people do that. But but for this game, oh, for Ricky some Jones. people to be like a, a tipping point, I don't really get that. I, I don't know why you expect there to be something different. We've seen this every single week for, for a full year and a half now. There was nothing. I mean, I guess just because it's DePaul and that name resonates more with us and because people were making the trip and maybe some people haven't watched the games on the AC Network Extra and this was a nationally televised game, so at least you get to wa- got to watch 32 minutes of it and you were stunned by what you saw. But this was this was nothing new. And his post-game press conference, I mean, he got asked after the game, like, what needs to happen moving forward, which is a question that he's also gotten a million times. And he says, he starts off the answer with play hard, Every second that you're on the floor, play together, make people walk out of the game and say, wow, Louisville is connected. They're not disconnected, which is the opposite of being connected. They play for each other. They love each other. They fight for each other. That's hard. It's the last piece of the puzzle. It's not the last piece of the puzzle. It's the first piece of the puzzle. All that stuff that you just said. I mean, it goes back to me constantly having to say, every post-game press conference that he does sounds like an introductory press conference. These are all, this is day one stuff. Last year, the bare minimum that we should have seen from a team that, I can agree, was not where we typically are from a talent perspective, there's still no excuse for you not to be able to get that group of guys and have them doing exactly what you said in that response. Playing hard every second they're on the floor playing together, make people say, wow, they're connected. They're not disconnected. They play for each other. Like That's what good coaches do, regardless of the pieces they've been handled. And if they have pieces that aren't fitting into that, that, that are playing for themselves and that are, are head case in the locker room, they get rid of them. Rick Pitino comes in here. His two most touted recruits that he inherited, Carlos Hurt and Brandon Bender, did not survive the first semester, and the team was better because of it. He very much came in and said, I'll play a walk-on. I'll play Bryant Northern if he's going to play the way that I want him to, and I'll send Carlos Hurt packing, and he can go do whatever he wants to do for the rest of his life, try to sell drugs to a young Mike Rutherford at Seneca Park for the rest of the year, which is exactly what happened. Are you good? <laughs> Never took him up on the offer. Yeah, I hope it's better than his jump shot. <laughs> I'm sure it was. But that's what you have to do. And he's sitting here now in the second month of his second year saying that the last piece of the puzzle are the initial hurdles that every first-year head coach preaches when they know that the team's not going to actually be good. The fact that we haven't gotten to that point and you're damn near two years into this job is just the latest gigantic piece of evidence that says this ain't going to work. It hasn't been working. It's not going to work. It's going to be done. But for people to, to sit here and be like, you know, this is the last straw. Surely Josh has seen enough. This is, this is nothing new. It's just the no. latest straw. And 
I, I, I never thought that he was going to. I know we mentioned there were the, the rumors that if they lost to Bellerman, maybe he was going to get fired. There have never not been any sort of rumors flying around the last couple of days that – and who knows if the Bellman stuff was even – if there was any truth to it. I, I've got no idea. I would – I'd like to hope not just because I'm thinking – you really can't decide it, the, the coach's future on the one game, especially Bellerman. I mean, I feel like Josh in his mind knows what's going to happen in this season. And I'm the, 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 the question that I've gotten yeah. the most over the last 24 – because the first 24 hours it was like, oh, you got to go off on this. You gotta, and the last 24, it's been like, have you heard anything? Do you think that Josh is going to ride it out? Yeah. I mean, I, I stand by my belief that I think that he gives him the full season – because I think that he sees no real advantage in firing him. Agreed. I mean, it's not like you've got a gigantically popular coach waiting in the wings on that bench. Like, like nobody's happy with Danny Manning or Nolan Smith <laughs> or Josh Jameson uh, right now either. I mean, if you wanted to give, like, the only person that the fan base would really rally behind is if you brought David Paget in to coach the rest of the year. Like, the crowds would would triple at the Yum Center. You People bring Paget in right now, he wins more games in rest of the season than Kenny Payne won uh, overall in his whole tenure. Well, I agree with that, too. I, gar- I guarantee But they're I not going to do that. Like, like, they're not going to do something like that. that. If they fired Kenny Payne, they would promote from in staff, and they would just yeah. ride this thing out for the rest of the I think the only way in which something like that could happen would be if they lose these two games this week. If, if you lose to to Arkansas State and Pepperdine, who are two, again, really, really terrible teams on a really terrible non-conference schedule. If you somehow find a way to lose both these games at home going into the U.K. game, I think then you may be like, I don't care if you know we fire the whole staff and just let Peyton Siva, Reese Gaines take over. Like, Let the players coach themselves at that point. Like, Let's just go ahead and make a move. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we hit the Mike Rutherford guarantee this week, which is still very much going to happen. All the people out there who are like, are you concerned? It's the Mike Rutherford guarantee. It's never been wrong before. It's not gonna. We're gonna win at least one more game. We just might not win very many more than than one games uh, for the rest of the year. But we're gonna get to five. That's gonna be fine. I think we do it this week. We'll win one of these two games. If we lose to a Pepperdine team that hasn't won a road game since 1972, then that will be hey, they're due. Maybe cause for just being like, yeah, <laughs> let's rip the Band-Aid off. Let's go ahead and just just move on. This is bound to happen, right? <laughs> but I, I kind of it, it's it's the second Monday in a row where I'm a little bit confused by the this like pure outrage and pure ire. Like I get it. I, I'm pissed off that we lost to Paul, who's terrible and looked abysmal. I just like. It's like the Jack Plummer thing. Like, did you expect us to look like a competent basketball team? Because that just it's happened once this year against Texas, who by the way is butt cheeks. They're they're not very good either. I kind of kind of felt we that saw that coming, and yeah. they have they they're not very good. Indiana also is not very good. Yeah. I think we're sort of realizing that those games were maybe more about the teams we were playing. But like, we still look like a competent basketball team, even if Texas is not top twenty five good. They're top 50 good, and we had a very good chance to beat them on a neutral floor. <laughs> we've gotten to work competing with top 50. But again, we knew this. We, we, we've known this. We've, had, we've made these types of statements for three full years. Like We yeah. know exactly where we are. We're in hell, Trevor. We're in hell. <laughs> the heat is nothing new. I've been sweating my ass off for three straight years. I'm not like This is not a shock to me. The chair will always be broken. It's not fixed. It's, yeah, it's it's not changing anytime soon unless you pull yourself out. It's like it's it's like sleeping in the same heated bed every night and expecting to wake up cold. It's not gonna happen until you do something, until you change it. We gotta go to break. Four o'clock <laughs> hours up next. I'm I'm glad I didn't rant there. Uh, Mike Rutherford show continues after this here on 1450 and 96.1 the big X. Kentucky Alice only. 
a rant like saying Louisville's played better. It's merely a discussion. A discussion of current events. Welcome into the 4 o'clock hour here at the Mike Rutherford Show. 1450-961 The Big X, also streaming wherever you can find shows. The Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Thornton's, of course, hooking up with the best deals all holiday season long. If you're traveling for the holidays and you want the best deals on gas, stop into any one of the area's 65,225 Thornton's locations. Use the Refreshing Rewards app, which is easy to download on your phone. It'll save you money at the pump. Or if you need to stop inside and grab some tasty road treats, it'll save you money on those as well. Do that I, I and grab, then text us at 502-414-1450. That's why I grabbed all my supplies for my, for my uh, trip to the Himalayas. Did you bring the Tibet? Uh, you brought the Dalai Lama some some pepperoni pretzels? Yeah. He was like, thank you. Thornton's donuts. He's like, thank you. I will give you the, 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 the reason for living now. I'm like, really? What is it? He's like, you're holding it. Well, he did it's nothing for you because you came back and your sports. We, 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 not only do we have basketball lose, I was very thankful to be able to quickly turn my attention to volleyball. Oh, you, you, we had basketball at two, volleyball at four, and the volleyball team wins the first two sets. I'm like, well, that's something fun we can look forward to next week, playing in the Final Four. We're cruising. Three ne- straight Final Fours. Is, was it three, three straight Final Fours? It would have been three straight yeah. Final Fours. Nebraska is would have been our opponent, who's you know the 31-1 and one and the, the heavy favorites to win it all. But still, it would have been a nice little David versus Goliath story mm-hmm. to look forward to all week yeah. long. And then for the second time in three weeks, we go up to Pitt and on their home court, get up to a 2 nothing advantage and then drop the last three sets, which unfortunately was kind of – it wound up being a theme of the season for this team. They had a couple of big matches this year where they got up 2-0 and just had the they, they call it a reverse sweep where they lost three straight. It happened early in the season against Stanford and then twice against Pitt. Yeah, they just kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. And then when the avalanche from Pitt came and they started getting some confidence, we had no real answer, we, which sucked. Yeah, it looked it was bad. I mean, yeah, the last the last probably set last two sets, we just looked like we had yeah we were just completely lost. It felt. I felt bad. And of course, the whole time, like, mom kept coming in the room and I was watching the match and she was like, it's like, oh, well, I know one of those girls that she comes to the mail game. It's, oh, which one is she? She's tall. I'm like, okay, that doesn't help. Get out of the room, mom. And I'm like, mom, what are you talking about? She's like, she's, I think, I think she's, she's either white or black. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like, what's what? Is she tall, white? Like, her name begins with an A. I'm like, she, and then my mom does something. I love you. Do you know her? Like, <laughs> Yeah, the tall white black girl with the beginning of the day. I'm we we we. Ch- in fact, I'm chatting with her right now on text. She's on the team. <laughs> yeah, we know that. So, <laughs> this is the, the 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 last thing that I'll say before we get to the text line is the worst part about all this because in spite of my my rant there, the worst part it's not like anger inducing for me anymore. I, I know where we are. I know what's happening. I know what's going to happen moving forward. It's the fact that we're at this point in the calendar year where. This is like where basketball is supposed to save us yeah. every single year. Well, you, you got football. We have the bowl game to look forward to, but you know, bowl games. I'm looking forward to it too. But bowl games, we can all admit, 
they're not exactly what they used to be unless you're in that top tier. Like it's just you know it's something. It'll it'll be great, but it, it doesn't define your season the way that it used to. It, you, the excitement doesn't ramp up until like the day before and day of normally. It'll, so. it'll be a fun thing. You know, yeah, we'll, we'll have the show that day, and we play at eight o'clock on Fox that night. Like that'll be fun to, to talk about and to get into. It's like on a Tuesday isn't it, or something. I think. I think it's on a. Friday. It's a twenty. Christmas is on a Monday. So then, 20, so it's on a Wednesday. Okay, okay. Because yeah, I'm assuming we'll be out for Christmas Day on Monday. I would assume so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so like, like that'll be fun. But you know, no volleyball now. We, we, pro sports don't move the needle as much here as they do in most markets. And like, it's, this is supposed to be the time of the year where, okay, we're moving that needle. We're experiencing all the fun holiday stuff. You're, you're doing Christmas stuff. But at the same time, you're also having those emotions that come with the Kentucky game. Like you're looking at what they're doing. Remember, we used to always the the home crowd at the Yum Center in the last game before you played UK in the final minute because it was always a win. It was always a blowout win in the final seconds. Would start chanting "Beat UK" and you're comparing yourselves against them. You're starting to break down the matchups. And this year, I mean, the game is in ten days, and like just nobody cares. Like you know, UK fans are every now and then making jokes about how badly they're going to beat us. And they're not world beaters this year either, according to any of the metrics. They just lost to UNC Wilmington, for God's sake. And we're sitting here being like, I, we, you know, we may not keep it within 40 against this team that's 7-2 and two and number 22 in the rankings or whatever they are. And it's just all, there's just a void there that has never been there at any point in my life. And now we're going on three straight years where, I mean, at least two years ago, you had some hope at this point in the season that maybe they could turn around and flirt with the NCAA tournament. You knew they weren't going to be a great team, but maybe they could be a good team. You're talking, about the, you're talking about the MAC last year? The MAC last yeah, year. Yeah. You, know, they, you forget, we started off, I think, 4-0 in the ACC. There was still some hope that they could do yeah. something. But the last two years, you know, the season's already over. And you know, it, any sort of big win, I'm using air quotes here, is like nice. It'll be fun, but it's more of like a ha-ha, I can't believe we won that game. <laughs> Let's still go back to talking about who the next coach is going to be and how we can save this thing. We just fired their coach <laughs> pretty much. Like, you're staring down three months where you know the winter sucks around here. The winter sucks most places, but it's, it's dark so early, it's cold, especially after the holidays. There's just not a lot that can carry you through those, those months of January and February. And basketball has done that for a lot of us for a long time. And just knowing that all these games are going to feel meaningless and, and we're going to have to get mad and we're going to have to just, you know, the apathy setting up. The crowds this week at the Yum Center after the DePaul loss are going to be back to being, you know, like 4,000 people. We may have fewer than we had for the New Mexico State game. And it's just like, people, like my friends aren't even watching the games anymore. It all just sucks. And there's just this, this gigantic void that's not going to be filled this year until we get to the end of the season and finally there's an actual decision that's made. And if it is, you know, Kenny Payne not getting a third year, then we can start the process of getting excited about whoever comes next and you know, the players that he can add and how quickly can we get this thing turned around. But for right now, you're just stuck in this land of, of, of nothingness where you're just like you're ready for what's next. And unfortunately, you know that what's next isn't coming in the immediate future. So you just have to kind of sit here and just eat this crap for a second straight year for another few months. And that's just, it, it's a bad feeling and a bad place to be right now. The next few months, our goal is simply let's find the next head coach. Let's find who we want to be the new, the hot name. Who's it going to be? 
This, yeah. and this, that's we did what, that last year, kind of. We did it two years ago for sure. <laughs> like, 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 I'm getting kind of sick of doing that. Well, two years ago, I think you, you, we kind of all had the, 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 the sinking feeling that Kenny Payne was going to get the job a little bit. I mean, we still would do the thing where it was like, oh, like, remember, like every single week, it was like Muscleman like, or every day, it was like, yeah. I like Muscleman, like, because he just won the night before, and then they would lose on Saturday. And it's like, I'm not as big on Muscleman anymore. Let's, I'm more of a Nate Oates guy. We're going to do that again in January and February. I hate, though, that that's what our college basketball fandom has been reduced to. Oh, that's what it is. That's, that's the, 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 the only reason, I mean, I guess we're sitting here living and dying with FAU games because Dusty May might be interested in being our coach. We're not even sure. I mean, it's to see the TV ratings in Louisville for a certain teams. Why is everybody in Louisville watching FAU? They're locked into Kansas State, <laughs> Iowa State yeah, for no apparent reason. I mean, if anything, I just want to have a show that says Club or Tang. Yeah. But <laughs> the other, I just, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna watch Wednesday night. I'm gonna watch Sunday. God help me. We watched every game last year. We'll watch every game. Yeah, this year. I mean, if I, if I can sit through the the Maui tournament last year, I feel like I can sit through anything. Like I just, my, my skin is so thick now. It just, it doesn't matter. Like you, you I dare you to, to to shame me to change the channel. Now we, speaking of things that we can I look forward to, we would be remiss if we didn't mention, you know, at some point before like the very end of the show. The U of L women took care of business. Like they're just they kinda, did. They're strolling along. They're doing what they do. Seven straight wins over Kentucky. Now it was a little bit dicey for the first three quarters. They did. Then they did what what great teams do in those situations. They pulled away in the third quarter and ended up winning seventy three to sixty one. Seven straight wins over UK. Uh, at least one coach here at U of L knows what to do against their rivals. Uh, he gets it done. Cards now still just one loss in the season. Number eighteen in the country. They will be fun to watch this year. Although, you know, they still kind of seem like they're a, a tier below the top national title contenders. It can be a fun year. Uh, but it's, it, They got UConn next week, don't they? They'll, they'll play UConn uh, coming this up. weekend, I think, isn't it? It is this weekend. They play somebody else this week. Yeah, they got somebody in between. I just can't remember who it is. Um, but they will play UConn this weekend, which is – that will be that will be fun. We'll get excited for that. Yeah. But for men, you know, it's just the, the, the men's team is just kind of letting us down. There's only basketball going on right now at U of L. There's like no. They send those emails where it's like, "What's going on this week?" And this week it's just men's and women's basketball. Women will play more at State on Wednesday, more at SPL. and the women will play UConn, who's, who's off to. I mean, they're not. They're not. We're 18. They're 17 right now. We'll play them. Is at their noon best player hurt already on Saturday? Paige. Uh, Paige. Yeah. Whatever. Ukers is. Is, is she, she's back, but I think she got dinged up again. I mean, we got a couple of days where to get injured again. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, but th- that'll be fun this weekend. And then the cards will play, the, the men will play Pepperdine on Sunday at 2 p.m. Oh, by the way, I guess of, of, of all the, the complaining I had of how my life is so miserable over the last weekend, I, I do need to, to bring up, and I'm sure the text line will br- have remind us, but I figure I'll bring it up now since I'm seeing his jerseys being sold on Twitter. Picture of it. I hate you, Otani. Get my hopes I up. I felt so bad for like, you. I, the when you came out that it was when like, you it was sent like me that text, deal. I was like, Otani to the Blue Jays. Because all week I'd seen like rumors like of them talking about Otani getting six hundred million, and Blue Jay fans were like, some were like, how can we give him that much money? And most of them were like, dude, the Rogers Center made like I don't think one of my favorite tweets was like, the Rogers Center made seventeen point eight billion dollars in profit last year. They can drop six hundred million on Otani. Seven hundred mil. <laughs> well, that, well, the, the rumor for Toronto was six hundred. That's oh, what I gotcha. was saying. So that's why when I saw that he signed for seven, I'm like, did they outbid us? I'm assuming. The or? crazy thing is, he's not even pitching next year. I know he's just going to hit. Mil. So I just, I, I, I felt bad for you. I was like, well, at least Trevor's got this. And, <laughs> and, then, you said, and other people were saying it too. And I, I told you the same thing. I think I told other people. I'm like, 
Until I see him holding the jersey, I, I just don't want to get my hopes up. No, you I, didn't tell me that. You were like all in. You're like, okay. you're, you're like I just created him in MLB The well, Show I and added the Blue Jays. I guess my buddy in Arizona, he's actually an Angels fan. He was like. I think you sent me a picture of yourself <laughs> popping champagne yeah. and confetti falling from your bedroom <laughs> ceiling. I, I do do that, but I usually only wait that for when I get laid. Uh, so I was, I try not to get my hopes too up because then I'm seeing like reports like, is he on the plane? Is he not on the plane? And all the jokes of I'm on the plane from Jersey to, to so-and-so and I can confirm well, Tony is not here. And did he show up? Did he even show up in Toronto? Who knows? And the very next day it's like, he's a Dodger. I'm like, come on. I felt bad for you. Who's picking LA over Toronto anyway? I mean, come on. What does LA have that Toronto? Can, can you, can you get, can, can you get free healthcare in LA? No. Can you get Tim Hortons? I don't think so. Look, I get how much moving sucks. I think he just don't, didn't want to transport his stuff. <laughs> Pretty much. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> 700 mil. I mean, I guess that shouldn't be saying. We all knew it was the Dodgers, right? I mean, I, I, I was surprised when the reports came out that he was picking the Blue Jays. <sighs> I think he probably used us to go from the six, to get that extra 100 million. The other favorite tweet of the weekend was uh, the fact that he's been 700 million and the A's entire payroll over the last 10 years <laughs> is 667 million. Insane. Or the uh, he's making more than, than than what was it than than uh, LeBron's lifetime's uh, earnings is. Is that there's no way that's true. It's salary, not okay. Yeah, gotcha. it's not endorsement deals. Obviously, it's his his base salary, which I think equaled like five hundred and seventy million or something. We did have some yeah. good uh, some, some good football news over the weekend, which we can <laughs> so. get to a little bit later. But we do want to get to the text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. You guys, I know, are chomping at the bit. Let's get to it. Um. Texas says, I knew the vibes were going off going into the DePaul game when you neither recorded a CC pod nor did the radio show on Thursday <laughs> and Friday. Mike, you need to know that UFL sports is more important than your health and your family. Not when it's this bad of sports. Not when it's you, if we were good in basketball, I think you would have, we would have done a show on Friday, right? No, I couldn't talk. You couldn't talk that bad. Okay. That was the thing. It right. was, I felt okay. Like the fever was gone and all that stuff. My, my throat wasn't as sore as it had been. I just, I sounded like it would be like, we're talking like this all day. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. So you would talk the way we played. Pretty much. That would have been yeah, that would have been the whole thing. I like luckily, before I started feeling really bad, I was able to I did like one of those like K Health that they have like the telehealth stuff, but like there's an app called K Health where you can just like type in your symptoms and a clinician will like text back and forth with you. And if you can like convince them what like they'll prescribe you an antibiotic. So I was like, let's get ahead of this thing. Like my kids have it. There's so many things wrong with that, by the oh, way. Oh, you have you don't know the half of it. I'm like, wait till I finish the story. I don't even know if I should tell this, but like, so like I, I very like basically they're like, is there anything we need to know? And I'm like, my kids have strep. My my like, here's a picture of my. They ask you to like, take a picture of your throat. I'm like, I've got white spots. My my throat is is red as hell. Like I very clearly like have strep. Like, like just get me some amoxicillin. And then, like, the, you know, the, the, like, do you have a fever? I'm like, no, not yet. And, like, you know, are your lymph nodes, like, all this stuff. The, I, I get a phone call, and the, the doctor that I'm talking to is like, listen to me and listen to me very closely. <laughs> I'm going to type something into this, this app. I need you to respond with, I just took my temperature and it's 101 degrees. And also, I was wrong. My lymph nodes are swollen. And I was like, okay. And then, like, like as this is happening, she's like texting me from I guess her personal number and saying like you know I'm I've been doing this for thirty years like I know what strep throat looks like you've definitely got it but I've got to like check a certain amount of boxes they're very stringent with like, like what it takes to get it and I was like no I problem. hope so and, <laughs> exactly and then she ends like the conversation with like this never happens like let's go this conversation never I was like 
all this to just get like a week's worth of amoxicillin. I was like, okay. Did you did you come in the mail and did it say take the blue or the red pill? I mean, it was very yeah, it was it was very very strange. But at the end of the day, I was able to get the prescription like that night to start the antibiotics earlier than I would have, and I think it helped. Like by Saturday, I was pretty much. Can uh, I get a, a hook up to that okay. link? I think I have glaucoma. I need to talk to them. I don't think that's gonna work. <laughs> I love how they're telling you the answers to say so you can get your drugs. Well, I knew exactly what was like right when she called when she said that. I was like, well, for a second there, I, I, I was kind of like, am I going to be? Is this the Matrix? Like, yeah, is, am, am I going to be killed? But then I was like, all right, I think I know what's going on here, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Just picturing just like Tyrone Biggins calling that up, that cracking. I need, I need some cold medicine. Texas says uh, that wasn't confetti falling, Mike. That was just excess dust being stirred around by the humidifier in Trev's room. <laughs> Texas, I'm looking forward to the show that today. Made me cough. <laughs> Texas, I'm looking forward to the show today. Three hours of intellectual debate on the top Christmas movies and why Die Hard doesn't qualify. Nothing else is going on. Don't, is don't get right. Trevor started. For the record, hey, oh, this weekend I watched uh, It's a Wonderful Life. You did? I did. I watched it on, was it Saturday? I, was, I tried to get you to watch it last year. And I don't no, I did. Know. Remember, you, you, did, did, you, did. you did convince me it was the first time I ever watched it. It's great, isn't it? I, I love it. Yeah. That means... Because I remember watching it thinking, like, if this was, like, if, if Jimmy Stewart was a Louisville fan, he'd jump that off that bridge right now. Like well, somebody, he does jump off the bridge. Well, to, to save, save Clarence, Clarence, yeah. But Clarence actually did it to save him. That would be like, yeah. I mean, what would be like the alternative world where you would come back and feel fortunate for Louisville basketball? I feel like we're doing it right now. I kind of hope that I'm waking up and it's like, this is Patino being fired. I'm like, oh, like you know, we're all complaining about David Padgett barely missing the NCAA tournament, and this is like the – it really was a wonderful life. I have I have watched, so I did that. Of course, I also watched Here No Evil, See No Evil, which I had forgotten. Hello, NCAA scandals. <laughs> oh, hello, you old Kenny Payne coaching tree. Look, look, Daddy, every time a bell rings, Kenny Payne gets a win. <laughs> hello, close to Paul win. Oh, I'll never take it for granted again. Uh, <laughs> hello, you old 13-7 and seven record in conference play. Who's... <laughs> Who's, who's Potter in this scenario? Is he just every opponent? Kenny Payne. <laughs> He's Kenny Payne. It's like, we come home, it's like, oh, six seed, are you real? Oh, give me a kiss, six seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I'll never take you for granted again. <laughs> you really did have a wonderful life. I'm like, <laughs> sitting here watching highlights of like the, the loss to Texas A&M in the 07 Sweet 16, or 07 second round. It's like looking at it in a different light. This is great. Oh, God. I could go all day. <laughs> Texture says, uh, in the interest of Christmas, can we do a 90-minute segment on women's basketball and another 99-minute segment on football recruiting? Thanks in advance, the ghost of Christmas pain. <laughs> Christmas pain. <laughs> Texture says, I would have bet my life savings that TK would skip the show today after the Eagles were embarrassed Ross. on national TV again this week. Welcome back, big guy. Cry, Eagles cry. That Ooh. was bad, yeah. I mean, we just come off a five-game stretch where – we. About as tough as you're going to get, which started and ended with Dallas. We went three and two. The problem is we lost the last two and looked bad. We locked, yeah, the San Fran one didn't shock me though, because honestly, I was kind of glad it went that way because they they were they were itching at it from like what we did to them last year in the NFC title game. Like they, I would have rather played them in the regular season like we did and have them get it out of their system now than to like run into them in the playoffs and them still being bottling that up. Like let's, I'm glad they got it out of their system. Move on. Now we can beat them in the playoffs. I will say at, at least I still think we can beat them. I just, you guys lost handily, but Dak and Ceedee Lamb did not go off, which has allowed me to win the regular season title in my fantasy league. Boom, 
guaranteed moneymaker, one seed for the playoffs, feeling good. Yeah, I had to win this weekend to get in a, to, to get to the playoffs to, to, to re, uh, defend, defend my trophy. title. Yeah, I got beat. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I had Dak. Of course, I also had Devontae Smith, too, who dropped, I think, what, two touchdowns last night? Sorry. He's been... Oh. Yeah, it was it was rough. It was rough. Because, I mean, Dallas isn't even better than us, really. Shout out to, uh, to Lamar and uh, David Joku and the, the Saints defense. Carry me to a title. And I still have got Tyreek Hill and uh, Devin Achene, or whatever his name last name is, a chain. Or a chain, tonight, yeah. Playing tonight for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Feeling good. Looking great. Takes the thought crossed my mind after he skipped a week because Louisville and the Eagles lost. If Trevor <laughs> were to somehow get to announce the Eagles draft pick, would he be able to compose himself if he hated the pick? No. Or would he go on a tirade while the player is walking up to the podium? I, if it was somebody I did. For example, okay, just it's a kicker. Go back in the time. And, okay, I like kickers. Uh, go back in time the year we drafted like Kevin Cobb, and I hated that pick. We moved down in the first round, out of the first round to take him. I, I, that would have been, <laughs> I could see myself going, we'll take Kevin. Oh, you got to be bleep, beep, beep. Like, <clears throat> Cobb, come on, just toss the card in the air. Not sound like Joe Pesci when he's, he burns his hand in Home Alone, like walking off the stage, like muttering curse words. You yeah, start crying. Yes. <laughs> this is the type of crap was why we haven't won yet. <laughs> Texas poor, says, poor Cobb walks up. He's like, best day of my life. <laughs> Tommy Nat's like, I thought I had it rough. Texas, Trevor has to have blue balls from not getting to complain about the Eagles and the Cardinals. His, that guy's most recent text was not scoots again. Uh, for <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I need, to, I need to get it out of my system. I do feel a little better. Texas, did you or Trev watch the 30 for 30 on Saturday about the 97 Heisman? No interviews, just a pure 90s time capsule. If TK hasn't watched it, he'd love it. I don't. I didn't. I saw the preview for it. I didn't realize it was airing this weekend. It was aired right after the Heisman. Um, it was. It was good. I mean, the only problem with it is I find myself being on TV because I don't care what it you still say. Makes you mad? Yeah, because Charles Woodson had no business winning it. That was. He was what they kind of talked about in the thing. He was a flavor of the month. It was. He, it was a travesty. Like Peyton Manning is the real Heisman of that year. The thing is, though, is that was such a great class. Though I mean, it was kind of funny watching like Tim Couch getting a little bit in there, like thrown in. Like in week three, he was in the in like fourth place, and then he was gone after that. And never. Oh, so you watched the special? I did. I liked it. It was decent. I didn't check it out. It wasn't. Uh, I guess it just it just angers me because Manning should still have no business losing that Heisman. It's just none at all. Texas Mike, do you know why we didn't see Zan Payne on Saturday? I'll hang up and listen. Uh, I mean, I, the fact that we're not <laughs> seeing Zan and he's he's according to all reports healthy, I think that's the biggest piece of evidence. Yeah, that Kenny Payne's just mailing it in that he's done. He's saving his eligibility so when he transfers, wherever he goes next. Now, one thing that we have not got a chance to talk about because I believe it came out on Thursday. It was either Thursday or Friday when Payne's media availability was. Is the latest installment of the Karan Davis mystery man saga. Which continues to just blow my mind. I don't even know if you saw this. You were back, but but Kenny Payne comes out on Friday. He gets asked about Karan Davis straight up and says, "I've got nothing." <laughs> I, I, he says, "I've got nothing to say about Karan Davis. Karan Davis is not in trouble. I didn't know he was at the Bellarmine game, but if he was, that's fine with me. He's a part of this team right now." Because nothing says, yes, he's still a part of the team. Like, the sentence right before you say that, saying, I don't even know if he was at the game. If he was, whatever. That's cool. I guess. I, does this it, is fascinating. He has no idea. what. Nobody knows what's going on with this kid. I mean, that that right there kind of like, in a nutshell, defines Kenny Payne's coaching career, right? 
Like he has no idea where he is, but he's a part of the team. He has no idea what's going on, but he's he's coaching this team. Let's recap real quick. The, 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 the Karan Davis timeline the is saga that is Karan Davis. We sign a kid out of a JUCO who's not featured in the JUCO top 200 rankings yeah. that has no recruiting pages. No, not a one. He comes here. When he officially signs, he's the only player whose press release quote from Kenny Payne does not feature the word character. That's true. We hear this summer. Remember when people were like, Karan Davis is a point guard. Don't let anyone tell you any differently. <laughs> I'm like, how the hell do you know? We hear all these, like, is he going to play the two? Is he going to play the three? Is he going to play at all? We finally get a chance to see him in the red-white game, and then for uh, like 18 minutes against Simmons College, he looks completely lost. Like the, the, the kid looks like he has no— I still need video proof of that. Yeah, he, he looks like he has no idea what's going on or, or that he should be playing Division One basketball. He doesn't play at all in the Wesleyan exhibition loss or the first two games. Then this rumor starts that everybody here somehow— When was his last game on the bench? I think it was the second game of the year. I, I think it was the 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 the, the game we um, we beat UMBC in the opener by one. Yeah, I think it was the second game where we lost to Chattanooga. He was on the bench, but and that was it. And then I think he was the first game where he wasn't with the team was the Coppin State game, and then we heard that he didn't travel with the team to New York. So that's right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like right York. before the Chattanooga game. It was right after the. <laughs> it was after the the, the, the UMBC <laughs> win where the rumor started spreading that he had gotten into an altercation with Kenny Payne, security had to break it up and all this stuff. And, then, and people were like, because people were like, oh, that explains why he didn't play at all in the, in the UMBC game. And I'm like, well, no. And no one asked about it. His game against Simmons College explains why he didn't play at all in the UMBC game. And then KP brought that up, not not the media, and, and addressed it. He not, brings it up himself. Yeah. UofL, Zach Greenwell and some of the SID people, they, they tweet out that there's no truth to it. Karan Davis himself retweets that. Like, all this stuff's out there. They're and saying it, no, no truth whatsoever. But let's not forget now during the Cobb State game, I think it's Crawford that, that says, or maybe it's Bozich that said, you know, we're going to find out about Bozich, yeah, about Davis after the game. No, he he like, says straight up, Cron Davis not with the team tonight. Kenny Payne will address it yes. after the game. And Kenny Payne's exact <laughs> quote when asked about it is, "This is not the place to address this." <laughs> yes. So, got to throw that because that's part of the saga. There, we got to put that in there. This is now nearly a, exactly a month ago when this is happening, and yeah. all we heard we've heard for a month is. He's not in any trouble. He's still with the team, and yet he's clearly nowhere near the team. <laughs> he's bought a ticket to the he Bellarmine game. He shows up game. to the Bellarmine game wearing a hoodie in the crowd. Payne has no idea until he's asked about it three days ago that he was at the game and says, like, whatever, that's fine. He's still a part of it. We have no idea. This is the weirdest thing in the entire history of Louisville basketball. It makes no sense whatsoever. He's still on campus, right, as far as we know? Who knows? But I mean, he's still a part of the team, Trev. He's not in trouble. Don't let anybody tell you that he's not in trouble. I mean, can we start getting like pictures of, of Karan Davis in the wild? I'm not going like, to rant today. Somebody, and somebody. Karan Davis is not in trouble. Two things that we know beyond the shadow of a doubt. Uh, I, I gotta know. I mean, I, I just, I, I still, I'm, I'm still curious if he exists. When you lose Karan Davis and Zan Payne in one year, you know you've lost the program. Have we seen Zan Payne and Karan Davis in the same place at the same time? Well, Zan's played since Karan's been off the team, or still with the team. I'm saying, how do we not know that Zan Payne is not Karan Davis? Is this like the, these are like the married couples that you hear about, like the the celebrity couples who are like, well, we didn't live together for seven years, but we were still married. It's like, well, no, we we didn't legally separate until a few years ago. It's like, no, you you guys, you you weren't. You you were married in name only. (laughs) It's not the way this works. Let's take a break. We'll come back. More from you guys on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Get your thoughts in. Karan Davis or otherwise. It's, it's going to be – it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. We'll talk about it after the break. Here on 1450 and 961, The Big X. 
And Mike Rutherford show. I, I love this song, but the lead singer in, this, in the music video of this song, if anything ever screams Southern Indiana, it's this dude in this video. Dip, <laughs> <laughs> you, know you know what I'm talking about. I just never go, I've never seen the video. One day, just go look up the How Macedonia video of the lead singer. Like, he's a nice guy. I met him the one time, but like he just screams New Albany. Nothing wrong with that. We love New Albany in the show. <laughs> Football team's going to have a great year. <laughs> the best year. We know that. Uh, Reds, by the way, made it official down during the break. Number two pick, baby. Well, that we got we got that going on. Thank yeah. you to Devin Mesoraco. But Jaime Candelario from the Cubs oh, officially been signed to a three-year deal because that's what we needed. Another infielder. Well, what what's his name? Who was it? Candelario from the Cubs. He's, he's, I'm so glad we didn't sign him. I'd screw that name up so bad. I mean, he's good. Like, like, he, like he's uh, I don't remember him. He's a good option, but we have like the, the big problem with the Reds last year was they had like eight infielders for three spots. And now they're just they're signing another infielder. For, well, I'm assuming maybe somebody moved to the outfield, a prospect. I think they're probably going to move Steer to the outfield, but like, you know he should be left fielder anyway. And he, I mean, he's still got Marte, McLean, De La Cruz, India, and now Candelario. I don't know. I mean, who's going to play first for bottom? Now? Well, Steer would have played first, right? I think. Well, Steer can. It's not his natural. I think they'll move him to the outfield. I mean, you have Christian Encarnacion, Strand. Oh yeah, duh. I forgot. Yeah. So it's yeah, a yeah. lot of infielders, Trev. Lot, yeah. lot, lot of infielders. Not a lot of starting pitching, but we'll no. see what they do. Hey, at least you didn't get teased with Otani. I would have loved to have been teased by Otani. What? What? Have you, at least you got the second pick. They were like, Lorenzo got the second pick. Our, our bad. My whoops. Never mind. Twenty second. Sorry. There were like two no name Reds. I don't even think they were blind. I think they were just like fans that had tweets about like Juan Soto potentially being a Red. And like I still used that to get my hopes up. I was like maybe. I do. I think I sent you the tweet. Some random person was like, "The Yankees signed Soto. The Blue Jays will sign Otani. They'll spend all summer arguing who's better. Meanwhile, the the Blue uh, the Rays will win the win the win the division with a meatball in their payroll. So true. Although now. It is. Uh, I don't know if this has been made official yet, but I can, I can break some big Major League Baseball news. My, Uh-oh. my buddy Dylan Lawson, formerly the hitting coach for the New York Yankees. Blue Jays? He's headed to the Red Sox organization. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, he's, he's very excited about it. He's joining the, the good side of the rivalry now. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I've always hated the Red Sox, but I get, another, another team that I hate, he, my, one of my oldest friends has to go for these teams that I just despise. But uh, I've never hated the Red Sox or really the Orioles. The Yankees I've always hated. And more recently, Tampa has been just annoying to me because they just they beat us. They've been a thorn in our side. But I don't know. The Red Sox and the Orioles are just two teams in my division. Kind of like, 
Kind of like Washington and the Giants. Like, I don't like them, but I don't hate them or despise them like I do Dallas. I despise the Yankees. I, ugh. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. Like, I'll never, that's one team, no fly zone if I'm ever playing a game, never being a Yankees. Texture says, go back to the text line, 502 414 Texture says, hey, Mike, welcome back, Trev. Just a few hey, thoughts. What up? One, happy Thor Day. We're going to talk about the Thor news coming up at the top of the next hour. Uh, two, do you still think that we have a chance to land DJ Ukulele? Uh, three, can you tell me when the next Mental Health Awareness Night at the Yum Center is? <laughs> I'm going to need some serious help to go. Look, we don't lose on Mental Health Awareness Night. Let's I establish that. I like how you said you almost hope we don't get DJ just so I don't have to say his name. Or- yeah, it, it makes me uncomfortable every time that you you say something. <laughs> I always call him the same name, though. Yeah, you do. do you, we still have the – I saw Bet Online has odds for the big transfer quarterbacks that are in the portal. We still have the fourth-best odds to, to land DJ Uyunglele. But I don't think that we're going to. Yeah. I think we, I think he. I think the staff views him as a guy who's like he's got potential, but he's going to demand more money than he's worth. Yeah, I agree. I, he's a big name. He's going to Florida State, right? I mean, it's pretty That's, much. It sounds. Which I, I mean, look. I'm seeing a lot of people talking about Ohio State getting Cam Ward now. By the way, there's a there's a lot of talk out there about that. They apparently have ponied up a sizable amount of money. I mean, th- th- let's not forget this is a, a team that paid Quinn Ewers a million dollars to sit on the bench as a freshman. There, I mean, and didn't leave. So, I mean, I, I think I've said it outright on the show now. At this point, there's been a rumor since like October that USC was was looking at paying Cam Ward two million dollars to be their quarterback for next year. There are now rumors that Ohio State and some other schools are talking like eight figures to get Cam Ward, it, which is just outrageous. Well, you're my, even if he signed, if he paid for $2 million, even two, two and a half million, he would make more than anybody drafted from around the 20th yeah. to the 32nd pick. Yeah, it's insane. Like, he wouldn't make more than a number. I know some people are like, Caleb Williams, should st- he'll make more in college. Make, I don't think he's getting make if he's got number one pick. Number one pick's making like eight, nine million. I don't think anybody's paying. Well, and also the NFL it gives you an opportunity for a second contract is when you can like yeah. load up. But like if you're picked in like 20 to 32 and you're a quarterback – you're making more in college than you are in the pros for those first in the, that first deal, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I you're mean, banking on if you're going pro, you're saying like. But yeah. if you're also taking in that in the first round at that spot, you've got you're stuck with a fifth year option for your from your team, which you know delays you getting that quote second contract. You're still basically saying like I'm I'm betting on myself that I, I'm going yeah. to at some point in time be good enough to where I'm making an astronomical amount of money. Whereas if I stay an extra year in college, it's delaying that process. But like it, it certainly is, it's something that everybody has to weigh now. It's, yeah. it, it's it's a cra- crazy times, man. Crazy times. Texas, I hate to say it, Trevor, but in the age of the CFP, the Holiday Bowl has almost no cachet, and a win means next to nothing for the program. If it's not New Year's Six of the playoffs, it's just not going to register. Uh, but it's maybe I don't know where the age cutoff is, but if you're over 25, the Holiday Bowl, you you have good memories, probably the Holiday Bowl, right? I definitely do. But, I do. I mean, mine are. But it's di- di- I also can acknowledge that it's different now than it was. It is when I, teams were playing their best players. I and I understand that, but it's still at least it's it's a name that you can say, hey, we went to the Holiday Bowl, opposed to like who did we play that bowl? Was that the Mayo? You know, the Beeple Brady Bowl. I mean, I know we did play the Beeple Brady Bowl, but you know, it, it just the Holiday Bowl at least has some. I agree with you. Some on it, yeah. I mean, I think that bowl games in this day and age. Plus, it's still at USC. I mean, you're going to be if you beat USC. Like I said, in ten years, no one's someone's going to be like, oh, well, they didn't have their best quarterback, whatever his name was at the time. No, you're going to say we beat USC. We're going to say that. I, I think the difference now is nobody remembers bowl games anymore outside of the year. So, like, we'll remember that we beat USC, but everyone's like, who? Like, what? Were they any uh, good? Yeah. like, no, you know, whatever. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it was USC. That's all you got to know. I think what what bowl games are now. And this is, I don't like the setup, but also like it feels like you've got 
you have things to gain and really nothing to lose on both sides. Every team is using it now. And it was always, I feel like when we were growing up, it was like 80% about a reward for the season and 20% to kind of jumpstart your next year. And yeah. since then, those averages have gotten closer together. And now I think it, it, it's it like. be reversed. I think it is now. <laughs> I, I think it's like 70% about jumpstarting your next season and 30% about, you know, a reward for the seniors that are sticking around. Like, I mean, last year in the Russell Athletic Bowl, I mean, the Fenway Bowl, when Jawar Jordan and Maurice Turner go nuts running the ball, we're like, you know, we're not thinking like, hey, I, what a great game for them. We're thinking like, damn, they could be really good next year. Like, like, we should be really good running the ball. Like, that's what this is about. I think you'll have some guys out there. I mean, if Jawar goes nuts and it will only add fuel to like the, man, think about if we get this guy coming back. I think we're going to see some guys play that have not played a ton this year. If they play well, we'll be like, damn, like, like future looking bright for this guy next year. I think that's what this game ends up being all these games wind up being about now at, at this level and like there's if you if you lose you're like eh whatever who cares we didn't really care about it and if you win it's like great we won a game yeah. that's fun like what a, what a nice cap to the season and also these guys have me excited about next year and I think what we're doing in the portal now is also helping us turn the page a little bit which we will talk about next hour no, I got queued up don't worry Texas I need to hear TK's take on Otani you got it <laughs> such a tease Texas says, easy there, Trump. Sounds like you're trying to incite another riot. You think we should storm his house. I did not say that. <laughs> KP's house? I was saying that that's the one thing that I was like, where do you want me to take this? I can't say anything that I haven't already said. <laughs> not. Where was I on January 6th? Yeah, we've moved on past the uh, putting for sale signs in coaches' yards, right? We have. At least, at least, I mean, Texas high school still do it maybe, but you know. Texas says, one week ago I texted in worried about a potential year three for KP because I thought we could pick up uh, I thought we could pick ups unless he was truly awful coach and bungled them. I am no longer worried. Also, why does Trevor never play Jane on Wednesdays in honor of Orange Cassidy? <laughs> Don't be in, in your ear for you too, by the way. Uh, maybe this one's I'll give you Jane Orange Cassidy. He's been injured, I believe. I haven't seen him. I don't remember him wrestling recently. There's still very much because this was the conversation that you missed last week after we played, you know, well enough against Virginia Tech. Who, like, let's be real. That's where we are again. Is oh yeah, we were. Like competitive in a road game against a Virginia Tech team that I don't, they're not going to sniff the NCAA tournament. I, I, I like Mike Young a lot as a coach. They're not very good. Like, they're a team that's going to finish eighth, ninth, tenth in the ACC. And we're like, you know, we only lost to them by seven on the road. <laughs> they're looking a little bit better. But it, it, the way they so played sad. in that game, it did lead me to, to believe that, like, this could be a team that you know, takes care of business in, in the rest of its non conference games. And then before Kentucky, and and then can win five, six, seven games in the ACC, maybe be like 12, 13, 14 wins, where like I think most of us are still like this is not good enough, but some people could argue in favor of him getting a third year, and maybe Josh Hurd could. Like the no. way we played on Saturday, I think leads me more to believe that we're going to be in that kind of like 11, 10, 12 win range, which I think should, 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 should make this an easy decision. But you know, again, I'm not calling the shots. I mean, didn't he all pretty much say he needs a whole new team after after the loss at, at DePaul in so many ways, if I read that right? In the Did he say that? He was just like, something about this team needs to go out and, you know, we're out of shape or something. You know, when I think, didn't he say this is the best team, like, in shape team he's ever had? Uh, all we do is work on conditioning. Yeah, the that's what it was, yeah. And it, somehow we always are the least conditioned team that we're yeah. playing. Texas is a new team and Payne threw them under the bus with his post-game speech. I mean, he's, he does it every game. Oh, I know. I, it drives me nuts how – I swear, I, you say he has – I want I want audio proof that he's actually taking blame for something in the game. Well, he no, he always starts his answers with like you know we weren't. I thought we'd come out more prepared. 
We didn't. We I thought we'd come up with more fire. We didn't. That's on me. And then he goes into like a whole like spiel the rest of the press conference. Well, how much more like, can I t- teach him? They they're not getting it. I keep exactly. telling them. Like, like it's, yeah, it, it's not my fault. I, I can't yeah. stress this enough. It's not my fault. I mean, I said this after the I think it was the Chattanooga loss where I had former players who were like, "I'll coach this team for free, it, just so these these players can stop being thrown under the bus." Rule one of coaching, and every coach has heard yeah. this at every level, is players win games. Coaches take the blame for losses. Like, that's the way that it works. And Kenny Payne comes out there every single time that this team doesn't play well, and last year's team didn't play well. And it's like, I just, I, how do I reach these kids? Like, the, the Eric Cartman from the, the, the South Park episode where he's the teacher. Like, at some point, it's on you if you can't do it. This is why you're paid $4 million to do this. And meanwhile, across across the campus, you have Jeff Brom, who I think took blame on everything all year long. Right. And the closest he came to ever putting blame on any player, and it was barely that. Was he mentioned, you know, in the Florida State press commentary, he said, and I think it, it didn't need to be pointed out because I think everyone noticed it, after the interception following the, you know, when we were robbed of our touchdown, you know, Plummer was basically done. I mean, you could see it. Yeah. I mean, he was, that was that was the gut punch. I mean, that, that interception was just like, you know, boom, knockout. You know, that was, we were Zach, whatever his name, and, and, and walking into the casino, the hotel room and, you know, Tyson just punched us. That's what that was. But he always says, like, after he, 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 like, he'll say the obvious thing about Jack Plummer. When Plummer makes bad mistakes, he'll point it out. But then he'll always say, like, it's on me. I've got to call better plays yeah. and put him in better positions to be successful. Kenny Payne, on the other hand, is, you know, these kids, uh, you have no idea the cold trap had to co- overcome. Yeah, here's a story about, yeah. you know, why Tyler Johnson's just a, a dumb kid. And, like, can you believe that I have to deal with this on a daily basis? Well, by the way, that's steal on Tyler Johnson. We tried to do a little mini crossover and they stripped that him. Was the, that was, well, that, that's where I was like, all right, that's, any that's, hope for this one's yeah. gone. That was kind of, that was kind of my moment. I think at that point I flipped the channel over to like a movie or something for a minute. I was like, I just got to watch something else now. The body language two on, on, on our kids every single game too is just so defeated. Like, like they come up. Like, I think they do play hard most of the time, but they they never look like a team that is like. There's never any fire. Like, like they they never like. You see the other team quickly huddle and like pipe each other up. Our guys just always look like. Let's just get this over with. Like like <laughs> like we're like we don't really believe in what's happening here. We don't believe that anything good's going to happen. There's just no belief that this is going to get any better. And that starts with coaching. 100%. Texas, I don't agree with Trevor on beating a big name, being looked back at as more special over time, but I do like the matchup. It should be fun. Also, our win over Alabama was much better than UK's. Alabama was ranked when we beat them in 1993. Alabama was bad the year that UK beat them. They had a losing record. We didn't beat them in 1991. 91, yeah. They were both, I think Alabama was six. six and- Seven and four when we played them in the Fiesta. Was it okay? Seven and five. I thought they were closer to five hundred than that, but okay. And it was a bad team by. And they were they were five hundred when in Kentucky beat. I think they were six and six, or they ended the season six and six at that point, maybe. Yeah, I mean we, you know, we always, neither one were very good Alabama teams. The thing that we always go back to is you know there's a lot of talent on that team because they won the national title yeah. a year later. Well, yeah, and Gene Stallings got it all together finally. Yeah, yeah, which is is, is true. No, you're right, but I mean still, but it's and of course you know why we got to play Alabama is a whole other you know. Horse of a different color, no pun intended. That Alabama team, by but, the way, still beat. They, they won a on the road against number three Tennessee, and before they played us, they beat a number twenty Auburn team. So okay, seven yeah. and four, not terrible. They lost their first three games that year. Oh, they had beaten Auburn. That was part of their Auburn streak that got broken when Bo went over the top. So they had won seven of eight before losing to us in the Fiesta Bowl. So not a terrible team. No, they weren't. They no, were they, nationally, they were nationally right. They're twenty five. We were eight. Were they? Okay. Texture says three things. Mike 
Uh, one, fire Kenny Payne. Yeah, that's be number one, two, and three. <laughs> two, I appreciate that you don't lie to us like Matt Jones lies to UK fans when his coaching buddies tell him to. Oh, that's yeah. three. Uh, how does DePaul's athletic director have a job when the two candidates for their basketball coaching <laughs> job were Kenny Payne and whoever the hell they hired? What's DePaul? They, unlike us, they don't care as much as we do. I don't. At least I don't think. I hope you know when their podcast is going to yell at me for this, but like, yeah, they just. I don't think they, it bothers them. The DePaul much. cast is not going to like that one. No, they're not. I mean, I think that they try. They have a. I mean, they have. They do try, but I mean, it's just like they're not. They're gonna. You, DePaul's gonna be more willing to give a guy like a pain or a stubble probably another year or two than we are. Sure, I mean, they're they're DePaul, like you know. Yeah, Terry Cummins didn't walk into that door, right? My favorite thing that I think I've, I've ever read Eric Crawford write was when he talked about the urgency, and it wasn't just because he shouted out like DePaul Day and like you know he's like Mike Rutherford did this. Like he had a whole thing where he was talking about the urgency of having to win this game. And he said it at one point, he said like, DePaul is struggling, and they're DePaul. What's <laughs> the two sentences that he put back to back, which was just such a, a brilliant, simplistic way of putting it. Like, this is a bad DePaul team, and for God's sake, that's saying something when it's DePaul. You cannot lose this game. And we did. We, we lost it convincingly. Texas says, what the hell is Josh Hurd waiting on? Buyout, season playout, a lot of stuff. Seeing who he can hire next. I mean, I agree. I mean, really, what is what what does it really serve good just to fire Payne right now? I I mean, I'm at the point now where I'm like, either way, it's gonna take care of itself. If if news broke right now that Kenny Payne had been fired, I'd be like, cool, good. Yeah, like, I mean, this is gonna happen. But like, I'm also not like. Like there were people when the Chris Mack thing happened, like you gotta fire Mack and hire Kenny Payne today because he's available. You gotta swoop in. I was like, nobody else is going after Kenny Payne. He's gonna be there <laughs> last decade. If we want to get him in April, he's gonna be around in April. Trust me. And like right now, if you fire Kenny Payne right now, like maybe it's good for the like there are positives to it. The fan base would show up, I think, in bigger numbers for the rest of the season to support the players. Or at least maybe the, the first crowd, game Yeah, the, the crowd for the U.K. game in 10 days would be like, I don't know, 35% U.K. fans as opposed to the 80%. It looks like it's going to be now for the game. I still think it would be, but, you know. Yeah, it'd be, there still would be more than usual, but that's, that's the reality of the situation we're in right now. But you wouldn't be able to, like, it's not like you can target the coaches that we're talking about wanting to hire because they're all coaching, hopefully, high-profile teams right now. So I don't think it really changes all that much outside of like uh, appeasing the sharks who are smelling blood in the water right now. Which again, like I'm, <laughs> I, I wouldn't hate it if you if we would go went ahead and pull the trigger. But I'm also just kind of like, eh. Now, tomorrow, next week, two months from now, I, I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of, of when, not if. I mean, I'm not saying I, just because you don't pull the trigger right now doesn't mean Josh should not already be like considering looking for you know who the replacement is going to be. I think. I don't. Th- I know that's already happening. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, I would think he probably at this time of last year he probably already started putting names on a piece of paper. But I think there are coaches that Josh has his eye on. I mean, I would. This is. I mean, I would actually even start like reaching out feelers to these people. As well. I think that that's probably happening. I'm just loving these tweets of the people about this Chiefs game. It's like, at what point does the ref have to be the one to tell you you're doing it wrong? I mean, I love how they're blaming the ref for not correcting their own player for being offside. It baffles me. Texas Mike, any word on those names that Josh may be looking at? No. Where's my make him say no guy? He's texted me last week. Uh, oh, I heard, yeah, I heard him. I think the that's only me. thing that I would say, maybe watch a lot of SEC basketball this year. Ooh. <laughs> 
Texas says if we fired KP, I might actually show up to a game. Well, <laughs> that's what I said. That's there are positives in, in doing it now. I think the attendance would be better. I really do. I think it would be for the first game or two, especially post his. But I, I think the like the newness would wear off if you do it too soon. And well, the thing is, like now, I mean, well, of course, anything positive play. that happens is not going to be greeted with like a, a a huge reaction. Like if we go out there, if we beat Pepperdine in Arkansas State this week. Like nobody, it doesn't change anything. Nobody's really going to care. Nobody's gonna be like, "Oh, I think no. this is fixed." But if you fired Kenny Payne today and whoever the interim would be, and you win those two games, I think people would react with more applause and more enthusiasm with interim than they would with Kenny Payne. I think that would probably be true for the rest of the season. But you're right, like that, the lasting effect it would wear off once we got to like February, yeah. And the team is go, doing as we expect it would do in ACC play, and people are kind of like, "All right, let's just the focus would be right back on." Who's next? If I remember right, didn't Danny Manning do okay with Maryland after he took over for Turgeon last year? He did better than than we did after we fired Mac, but he yeah. wasn't still. I think they were around five hundred. They were okay. They were popular, but I'm still. I mean, <laughs> what'd you get for five hundred right about now? I mean, yeah, but keep in mind that Maryland team was preseason top twenty. That like, yeah. they were supposed to be I very good. Yeah. Texas says, you know what else? Uh, you, you know who else answered the question of how things can get turned around by answering the question saying kids need to play hard? Billy Clyde Gillespie. <laughs> You're talking about ACC coach, SEC coach of the year, Billy Clyde Gillespie? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'd kill for a Billy Gillespie season right now. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Texas, if the team can play every night like Madison Square Garden, they'll win some. So why doesn't it happen, and why is Davis in the stands? Trust me, though, Hurd already knows the end game. I agree with all that stuff. I don't know why they look so different at MSG, especially in the first game. I don't know what the hell's going on with Karan Davis. Did he buy the ticket? I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> At some point, we need a full-on documentary on the like. I, that's going to be my first investigative podcast. Is like <laughs> the Karan Davis saga. Do you think a ten-part series with Mike Rutherford featuring Trevor Kelly? Kenny Payne was like Karan. You can help this team more by being by adding to the attendance than you can on your on the court with your play. So I'm going to have you go buy a ticket and put a hoodie on and go sit in the stands. Bring your friends. If the Karan Davis saga ended today and they announced that he's kicked off the team. I think you could still get a full 10 episodes in a podcast about Like, I want to know, how did we hear about Karan Davis? Somehow I feel like there's a payphone at a Best Buy that's going to be involved in this. How did we, like, th- there was no recruiting footprint for this kid. How did we, the Louisville men's basketball program, us of three national titles and a top 10 all-time winning person, like, like how, how did we end up what? finding out about Karan <laughs> Davis, finding this kid and being like, he's good enough to play? Don't forget the other two, we, the two things we forgot to add to the story, which will be involved in our, our mystery podcast. Our serial podcast about Karan Davis is A, he was Danny Manning's like prize guy, right? That was the story. And B, he was, it started coming to light that his, is it his brother that plays for FAU? It's his cousin, John, his cousin, John, yeah. John L. Davis. And they were making the FAU. run and we're like, that's Karan Davis's cousin. Good genes. Maybe we're getting something out of Gary Indiana after all. Not since Michael Jackson, nothing good to come out of Gary, people. Well, Glenn Robinson went bad. What if I told you, <laughs> Juco talent? Had a little bit of an attitude at a celebrity event sponsored by Jack Harlow. Hey, I'm Mike Rutherford. Welcome to episode three of the Cron Davis saga. Kickball. I didn't like the way I didn't like his attitude to kickball. Right then, I was like, ah, I don't, I don't, I don't like this. Was he one of the ones you had a problem with the kickball? He was, he was easily the cockiest person at the whole kickball. Event. I thought it was the guy from UK. The entire UK team was terrible. Justin Edwards was the worst. Yeah. Uh, the only U of L player that gave me any guff 
was David Johnson. And I was like, come on, David. (laughs) We're Trinity boys, man. Come on. Go rocks, go cars. Don't put me in this position. But Karan Davis, the whole attitude, I was like, I don't don't know if Karan Davis has really earned the right to be behaving like this on the celebrity kick. I mean, if he gave you crap, you want to be really smart and be like, can you be playing in an NBA team right by now? <laughs> I love David Johnson. I know you don't want to, but I mean, he could have really, he could have really thrown him. He's tearing up the G League. I'll say that he had <laughs> yeah. a game winner the other night. Who hasn't torn up the G League? Texas Pageant is currently coaching at Low Elementary. His team lost his first game to Stouffer Elementary, fifty-two to one. I was there. It's not David's fault. I still take David Pageant. <laughs> I hundred percent will take it. Because guess that- what? Kenny wouldn't have gotten that one point. You're damn right. He would have lost 60 to nothing. Yes, he would have. No question about it. I was thinking right Maybe Rose 52 to 1. Maybe. Who cares? <laughs> elementary school basketball. Let's take a break. Five o'clock hour is up next. We'll talk a little football. We'll get back to the text line. We have lots of. There are positive things happening in the world of Cardinal Athletics. We'll touch on some of those at the top of the hour. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X. I used to burn so bright and pink. Saturday night, kind of pink. The blacklist and its host. It came down so swift. The Big X Sports Radio, 1450 and 96.1 FM. WXCW, Jeffersonville. W230CK, Jeffersonville. Oh, 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 oh. I fell in love with Shawty when I seen her on the dance floor. She was dancing sexy, pop, 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 and drop, and drop, and low. Never, ever has a lady hit me on the first sight. This was something special. This was just like dynamite. Honey got a booty like pow, pow, pow. All right, 5 o'clock hour here on the Mike Rutherford Show. Monday edition on 1459. It's the Big X. Two weeks from Christmas, Trav. I, know, I, already, I told you I already get in the mood. I watched Chris. I've already, I watched four Christmases and I've watched. Uh, oh, it's a wonderful life party so far this year. We did the. We did getting some, ready. Some light looking this weekend. Uh, we went to the, the lights under Louisville, the Mega Cavern on Saturday, which I, I guess we like just found the sweet spot. We went at like right before noon. It was right around noon, yeah. and kind of like got in, got out pretty quickly. Very little line, but like apparently the lines this year have been people are waiting in line for like five hours to go to that thing, which is just insane. But we we did that Saturday, which was fun. Mary took the, the, the Virginia and, and her cousin Audrey to the, this Nutcracker thing that was going on yesterday, and they had a lot of fun there. And then we went looking. If you want to just do, like, I mean, just drive around look at lights. There's a lot of good, cool places to go. Ashfield Lane is fantastic. It's not like, you know, you won't spend a lot of time there. It's like one little long street and four cul-de-sacs, but they all, like, the houses are just outrageous and very, very fun. Our kids love it. So we we definitely get into the spirit well, around here. See, when I was when I was younger, I used to do that a lot, especially like like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. You know, we you know all pile up into the Ford Tempo and you know, you know roll roll a few up and go look at some lights. But yeah. The problem with doing that is like you're going you most of those lights you're going to are like in nice neighborhoods. They have a tendency of pulling over fourteen inches in a tempo when when you're doing that. Yeah, but not if like <laughs> if there's like a, a line of cars that are all doing the same. No, thing, no, which no, is no, typically no, the case in most yeah, of these places. No, no, this was I guess well you didn't have. I remember ever going where there was lines back in the you know at that point in time. But. See, I did the opposite. I, I loved doing it when I was like a kid. We would always go around like we would like make like awards to put in people's mailboxes if they had nice houses when I was a kid. And then when I became a teenager, I was like, eh, I don't want to. You know, this is lame. I don't want to do it. And then as an adult, like I, I love it with the kids. It's, like it's I, a lot we, of fun. we just got pulled over, and the cops said like we had reports of this this car in like multiple neighborhoods. Like they thought we were like 
like driving around looking for a place to rob. Like, no, we were just looking at lights, which sucked because I had to eat the bag I had in my pocket. <laughs> Never forget. And by the way, at this point in time, not the best stuff you want to eat. Mostly seeds and stems no, anyway. I thought, I thought you were joking. No, I did. I it was like, I had to eat <laughs> okay. it. Like, I'm eating this thing. and I never can tell for sure if it's a <laughs> joke or if it's a And I'll just never forget the cops, like, like patting me down. Like, you got anything on us? And I'm all cocky. I'm like, because, you know, I'm eating this now. I'm like, like no, we're good. And I look down, there's probably like a, a joint's worth of shake all over the front of my shirt. I'm like... Like wiping it's my shirt not off. The way that I intend to start the five o'clock hour. Um. Anyways, I was like, I've just been looking at lights. I was just gonna be just a nice little like, hey, observation of the fact that it's two weeks until Christmas, and it ended with Trevor eating drugs as a teenager in a car. There you go. I don't, I don't know how we do. Welcome back to the show, Trevor Kelsey. <laughs> the Christmas welcome back spirit. to the listenership. Uh, five o'clock hour here on fourteen fifty. The Big X. We've talked a lot about. Uh, we Trevor gave Trevor a chance to recap some of the stuff that he missed last week. For the first segment, then we've talked a lot about DePaul, text line last hour. We have not talked about the good football news from over the weekend. We knew Louisville was going to be active in the transfer portal <clears throat> once again, and they've already very much been one of the most active players in the transfer portal. Uh, we Tyler Shuck last week was the – I think you haven't had a chance to talk about him. No, I haven't. I am somewhat – a little excited. And listen, I, I think the, 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 the juice can be definitely worth the squeeze with the injuries and, and the potential there. Plus, if he's good, we can we can make a shirt that says "Shuck happens." Oh, the possibility to use with Shuck is is, is just endless. Yeah, the and and I do like the fact he has spent the last couple of years in in that kind of that Wait, Zach Kitley system. Shuck happens. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it does anything. That's no playoff. You you wouldn't say F word happens. Like the whole thing with Shuck is that it rhymes with the F word, and you can insert it there. No, I think it sounds more like because you know, like I used to have the poster that says "Hey Shaq Smith happens." Yeah, but yeah. that word rhymes with the word that you're talking about. So, Shuck does not rhyme with the S word. It sounds like it. It does not. It, besides, <laughs> after the first two letters, they're completely Well, how much more can you need to sound like? I mean, I would say... It's Shuck, already halfway there. Shuck literally rhymes with the F word. That's the word that you're using for this, not, <laughs> not the S word. <laughs> Shuck, I was like, well, that's not one of the options that I was talking about. The but, option I got. Okay, that's fine. So I'm Continue. excited about him. Yeah, and then, uh, obviously, I'm very... I'm very thrilled about the the news from this weekend, which we'll talk about. Which do 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 I play it? Yes. It's the transfer portal. The transfer portal. And a Texas Tech Red Bear. Oh, man. I mean, 62320, and his name is Thor. Thor Griffith. Oh, I love it. So I mentioned him in passing when we were like the, the first day that the portal was open for FCS players and grad transfers. He was one of the first big names that was out there. Yeah. And he made, I guess he made headlines by saying like he wanted to go to Ohio State or Michigan for his last season. He's and just can't blame him, kid, for that. I mean, no, I mean, he also was kind of saying like I, I'm a Harvard kid, would love to get a graduate degree from a, a really good school, and also compete for a national title. But you know, Louisville offered him almost immediately. They got him on campus this past week, and he did come out and say like This is a football decision for me." Like he, he basically was like, "You know, cool that they've got a, a good graduate program for me to get in, but I'm 
I've got a Harvard degree at this point. Yeah. I'm more just focused on football now. <laughs> the academic work is done for me. Let's try to uh, to, to, to win a championship. <laughs> He's got a Harvard degree. He's like, yeah, I'm not worried about U of L's, you know, whatever. The, the, no disrespect to the University of, of Louisville College of Business, which, of course, sponsors our studio. But yeah. <laughs> this is a football decision for him. And he says, I want to win championships at Louisville, and I want to get myself eligible for the NFL draft. And he doesn't just say that flippantly. This is a guy who multiple NFL scouts say will be one of the first defensive tackles selected in the 2025 NFL draft. I think he's got the film to back that up. He just wants to do it against elite competition. He is a guy, so he made, even when he was at Harvard last year, the Athletic does a freaks list every year, guys that are just absolute athletic specimens. He was at number eight on that list. Um, six foot two, 320 pound powerhouse, yeah. added 10 pounds in the offseason, runs a 4.9540, and bench pressed 225 pounds 45 times before last season. Wow, His 10 yard split is 1.65 to go with a 4.57 pro shuttle time, which is outrageous. If you want perspective on that, Jalen Redmond from Oklahoma, who's almost 30 pounds lighter, clocked the fastest time among defensive tackles last year at the combine, 4.51. So. His shuttle time, Griffiths's, is four five seven, which is again right there in line with the fastest defensive tackles in last year's draft class. Uh, he, he is a big time land, and if you can get Ashton Gelati back for next season, which I think is is possible for sure, him, Griffith, and potentially a couple of other guys uh, on that defensive line could make us even more stout up front than we were this past year. So that's one of the things that kind of annoyed me a little bit about the FSU game when they kept talking about how. You know, their defense was doing the offense, and their offense is so they, – they, it's all because of the third-string quarterback. I was like, at some point, I was I felt that our defense was getting so much disrespect in that game. Like, our defense is damn good, too, you know. Yeah. They, they, I know they got a third-string quarterback out there, but you can put their second-string, even Jordan Travis out there. Our defense is damn good, too. I mean, we're not no scrubs. Um, and you're right, and this, now it's better, and now it's improved. I mean, when you see the guy from Harvard, I mean, initially I thought, you know, Thor, even with the name of Thor, I'm thinking – I'm, I'm, this guy might be like 280, 275, a little wider. No, he's like you said, 320. I mean, he is. He checks all the boxes in terms of the prototype defensive tackle uh, in today's NFL, particularly, or even defensive ends in some ways in three fours. And with mean, the speed there, I mean, everything. Yeah, I'm mean, this. This kid's a stud. I mean, I mean, a stud. And I'm so. May, I could be wrong. Maybe we he falls flat in the, with the level of competition. I don't think it's going but to But I don't see that happening. My Yeah, I'm very thrilled about this. One other name to keep an, an eye on in the transfer portal now is – And he went to Harvard. Speaking of defensive linemen, Tyler Barron from Tennessee is, is a guy that I think Louisville – look, he, he's going to have a lot of suitors. He entered the portal over the weekend. One of the top pass rushers in the SEC had 10.5 tackles for loss and six sacks this past season – uh, he did play – his brother played at Virginia Tech. So Tech will definitely reach out too. But I have heard that Louisville is definitely going to get involved with him. Uh, you're going to have to pay a decent amount of money. But this is where we, – we discussed this a lot last week. This is where going – I hate that we even have to talk in these terms, but going cheap at the quarterback position, getting Tyler Shuck and not overpaying for a guy like DJ Uyunglele or, or somebody else – You've got more NIL money to spend in other positions of need, like defensive line. Like if you had paid a ton of money for McCord or DJU or somebody else, you can't go after the Tyler Barons of the world. I think Louisville feels like they can attack other positions now where they've got big name guys out there. If you had Baron, Gelade, and Thor Griffith next year up front, like that is a ridiculous defensive line. And they're going to go out there and try to get another really elite pass rusher before this transfer portal yeah. season closes. And I think, and, and you can't go that big. One, you don't. I mean, 
Louisville Watt does have some money, doesn't have, you know, your Ohio State cash or USC cash. Sure. And also, I mean, you look at you notice, I mean, when when you talk about the the big schools, your Oregon, your USC, your Ohio State, you know, Michigan, maybe Alabama. I mean, ninety percent of the maybe more than that, they're only they're only bringing in quarterbacks in these transfer portals. I mean, they're all most of their skill positions and their lines are guys they've recruited that are five stars anyway. You know, we haven't had the chance to do that yet. I mean, four or five years down the road, hopefully maybe three. You know, Brahm has established more of a, a you know freshman classes coming in. And Phil Net, then we can maybe use more money towards just bringing in a quarterback. Because that's what it seems like your Oregon's or Ohio State's, they're just, I mean, they're, they've got everything around them. And therefore, all that money is, you know, free agent money, as we can call it, is going towards just, you know, rotating quarterbacks. Because, you know, they're, the good quarterbacks are going pro, you know, right away after, you know, three years. And while, you know, you got to wait and get a guy in between. So, I mean, I just, so yeah, until we can do that and we can start bringing in, you know, we're bringing in, the great classes I like to see us getting, and I think we will get better as we go on. You know, we have to save some of that money for the transfer portal in using, you know, as you mentioned, the D line and offensive line, which is it's all about the line. I mean, you got you got to be able to. That's where it needs to be upgraded, all one hundred percent. I know that we're. I mean, we just celebrated. Which you weren't here for the the one year prom anniversary last week. I I, I, I poured. I, I celebrated with you. We, I was there. we just passed the one year anniversary of Jeff Brom being here. I think we can already see a clear, a pretty clear vision of what he wants to do moving forward with these new rules. Like we're going to be transfer portal heavy pretty much every year. I, I think he wants yeah. to get a a solid recruiting class filled with guys that are, you know three and four stars that he can develop over time, and some of them are going to leave. That's the, just the way it works right now. But he wants a healthy mix of you know, plug-and-play guys from the portal that are, are really good and that he feels like, like – I think Brom trusts his coaching staff and his system enough that where he's like, it's going to work with the right talent. And, and you know, we can mold it. Our culture is, 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 is enough that guys are going to adjust to us, and they're going to come here and want to play for the, the types of, of numbers that we're putting up on both sides of the ball. And then we'll have a few guys that are – you know, been here two, three, four years that just love the program, love the staff, want to get better, aren't afraid, you know, with taking their time before they see the field and, and are going to get out there as juniors and seniors and, and, and tear it up for us. But I think he's going to avoid trying to go after the the high four-star kid, the, the five-star kid that when he gets here and isn't starting immediately as a as a freshman, he's behind a couple of transfer portal guys, just hits the portal himself after a year. I think Brom, like, like he's going to be fine with having recruiting classes that are in the Upper 30s, maybe 40s, if he can have one of the top 10 transfer classes every year. I think that's the that's the way that he feels like he can be the most successful at a place like Louisville. I just think, especially in the offensive line, I I, I want to get to the point where we're starting five guys that we've recruited and established. Well, that's not going to happen anytime where, soon. And it's not right away. I get it because, I mean, nothing against like you know guys like Tyler and, and even, Brian, even Brian Hudson and guys that played well. But they had their limits, and in the four State game, you Plus saw was the best blocker in the ACC this year. So, but you, and you saw like what you you know with, with Tyler, way he just got manhandled in the Florida State game. I mean, it's just you can, there is a ceiling when you're bringing in guys like from Rutgers or IU to plug and play on your offensive line. To be fair, though, like, like Willie Tyler is going up against Jared Verse, who's going to be a first round draft pick. Like there aren't a lot of unless you've got unless you're like Joe Alt, who also got bullied by Mason Rager a little That's bit. That's true. Yeah. Like, there aren't many left tackles out there. There's maybe two or three that could hold their own against Verse. Like. Willie Tyler certainly had his limitations. He did a good job for us this past year, and we're just like we're not going to recruit. But you don't really see a lot of linemen. guys that are like are you know projected draft picks in your first couple rounds aren't got on the offensive line particularly aren't guys that have been in the transfer portal. They're guys that came up through their school. 
Yeah, I mean, for the most part. I, I think you see mostly you see your skill positions. And, and I think the same with defense. Now, I think Thor, the Thor kid is an exception because you're getting him from Harvard opposed to another BCS school. And I'm not saying you can't like do, bring in some talented guys on the I just I want to be able to, to to use a transfer portal to get to the point where the transfer portal is to plug in like one hole that we may have opposed to multiple. I don't think that's going to happen here. I mean, I, I think I, it can eventually. I don't think the Brahms want that to happen. Well, I, maybe not. I think they think that the portal is their way to be competitive every year, and I think that's what's going to. I think it's the way it's going to be. Like mm-hmm. if, if you don't, if you're hoping for us to be more of a development program, I, it's just it's not going to happen here. Like they feel I, like they're going to get guys that. Our stars, if they recruit them, well, because the you want to win, they're going to leave. But if you're going to win right away, that's the way to do it. But you can still, you can do both in a way. I mean, you can still bring in good recruit, you know, some top recruits that you know you bring on slowly. We're not doing slowly. that though. Like we are, mm-hmm. we're in the our recruiting class right now. I believe is ranked 55th coming up on signing day. Like, and I, I think this is by design. Is mm-hmm. is what I've kind of been told. Like they're not going to recruit. They're not going to put a bunch of money. They're not going to use that NIL money for freshmen that may not even see the field here. While like, I disagree with that, I also have every b- believe that I trust everything Brom does, so I'm going to have to sit back and let him do his thing. I mean, there are situations right now, like you've got kids, I mean, let's say like Pierce Clarkson got a pretty big NIL deal to come here. There's no guarantee that Pierce Clarkson's ever going to start a game here. I think they want to, you know, hope Pierce Clarkson does, and he, he's great, but they want to avoid those types of situations moving forward. They want to spend money on guys that they know are going to come here and contribute right away. And I keep trying to jump in here because you talk know, about the offensive line, they also this weekend landed an offensive lineman uh, transfer. Jonathan Mendoza from Yale, six foot nine, three hundred and ten pounds, first team All Ivy League performer, helped a Yale offense that averaged one hundred and sixty five yards per game on the ground. We are the Ivy League of the? I mean, we are. I mean, it's what's that like? We're we're landing smart kids. Yeah. Uh, Mendoza for, had offers from Virginia Tech, Kentucky, Tulane, Pitt, Rutgers, Houston, Duke, a bunch of other Power Five schools. Third commitment in the transfer portal joining Tyler Shuck and Thor Griffith. So Louisville doing some work in the portal already. It's funny, like they lost, but, I think seven of the eight guys who have left the program were on the defensive side of the ball. All the guys they've brought in so far are on the offensive side of the ball. I expect that to even out at some point in the future, but they, it's this is the portal. This is, it's going to be a and, thing and, all month long. I'm not saying it has to be, be like four or five star guys. Also, when I talk about the, the, the developing in the offensive line, particularly with recruits, I mean, looking back at some of the best offensive linemen Louisville's had in the last 15, 20 years. Most of them are three, two and three star guys anyway. That that's you know that were developed. Your Eric Wood, your Beckham. That's because like almost that. all of our recruits are two or three star. Well, guys. I mean that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying how they'd be five, but I'd I would just like to see that a little more than than just going for the plug and play on the offensive line. I mean, I, I speaking just, of Kentucky, I just don't the, think that's going to happen. By the way, can, can, can we have a good laugh at the UK thinking they're going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Do they? Is, do they have you not that? seen that? No. Oh, good lord! I actually had somebody like texting about. I was like. We're gonna get Ocho Cinco as our wide receiver coach, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. is gonna transfer. I'm like, can, give me your drugs now! Like, you, I, I don't even want to take them. I don't think that anybody should be consuming that kind of. That this is what the portal does to people, though. I mean, is this is this the portal equivalent of Bill Parcells? This is what the portal is gonna do to fan bases all the time. Is you see those? We I usually, know, but we see, usually you only can't see really the think we, that. we usually only see the irrationality of fan bases during coaching searches, right? Like you get <laughs> Michigan State opens up and they're like, "I think we can land Urban Meyer." Like you know, he's on a plane. Like they're doing all this stuff. Like that's typically the only time where fan bases really show their ass. And certainly, we've done it ourselves over the years at various points. But now with the transfer portal, but they're, they're about er, paying like, Harrison like ten million dollars. Like, there are going to be stories like this involving guys who like have no like they'll be Heisman winners. 
where like like this past year, like we bet those. I think Caleb Williams is going to come here. Like, don't be surprised. <laughs> like, like fan bases are going to do this every single year now, and it's going to be hilarious. We're going to do it. No, there's no way we'd be bad. And I can't think of any of our that fan, our fan base being as bad as think we actually get Marvin Harrison Jr. Right? There was a rumor, no, Trevor, last no. week. Not not Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay, but you know who somebody tried to tell me was going to come here that was very interested in coming here I'm before the a- Tyler Shuck news broke. Who, who would fit that mold? Who Cam out there? Ward? No. I would say worse. Caleb Williams? Arch Manning. Oh, God. Somebody tried to sell me that they had heard that Arch Manning was going to come to Louisville. First of all, I don't see Arch Manning leaving Texas. He's, he's not. Yeah, he's. I know he's not playing, but, but Arch Manning. This is going Manning's, to happen every year, Trev. Mannings are from a different cloth. I, I, I see him staying there regardless, no matter what happens. But uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> This is going to happen every year. I'm telling you right now. Every single year. So you're saying we could get Arch Manning? <laughs> sure. It's out there. Rumored. Uh, I was like, he's like, you hearing this? I was like, I, I am not. I <laughs> yeah, usually I'm like, I don't know. You stuff floating around this one. I was like, nope, not hearing that at all, but would love it. Let's make it happen. 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. We have a lot of text to try to get through for the rest of the hour. Um, all right, here we go. Your boy Say Sarah did text in. Okay, what, what did Say Jerry have to say? He said, no, sorry, you can't have David Padgett for cheap. The buy for Lowell Elementary is $4 million. <laughs> I will handle the negotiation if you are still interested. <laughs> what do you think the Lowell buyout is? Is he really coaching at Lowell, by the way? I think so. Well, he's, So I told you we did that school tour with, with him. His kids, I think, are going to go to Catholic schools next year. And we, were, we went. To, they showed us the gym at St. Mark and Mary, and the principal was like, we already have our eyes on a basketball coach for next year. And I was like, me? Oh, David. Uh, Texture says, "Bless your hearts." That's the only text they've sent in ever. What time they said at four oh seven? Oh no, fine. Yeah, I, I see the other stuff just popped up. It was a, it was a. What so looks like some Western claims to fame: Brandon Doherty and Aiden McConnell. He's our new, improved version of Dion Walker. He's actually bigger from a height and weight standpoint, and stronger than Walker. Griffith is muscled. We got a lot better today. I mean, look, it's oh, this is an angry guy. The one that said, God bless you, Zandy? Bless your hearts? Bless your hearts. Because he's saying little fans have no business getting excited about Thor Griffith. Look, it, it, no. if it were just us doing this thing, that's fine. You got NFL scouts out there who are like, this guy's going to be one of the first tackles taken in the NFL draft. Maybe they're wrong, but when it's their job to project these sort of things and they're saying it, yeah, I'm going to get excited that we landed this kid. I'm excited. Texas, what's your over-under on 8,000 UK fans in the Yum Center next week? I'm dreading that night already. I'll take the over. You think more than 8,000? I think UK will have more than 50% of the capacity there, yeah. I agree with that. I just don't think the capacity is going to be like 16K. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, I don't think we're going to bring eight. I, I could see it being 10,000 and seven of it being them. I can too. Um, they'll have a lot of fans there. There's, But like also... I mean, Cron Davis will be there probably in a UK shirt. This is a... This is also a situation where like... It's not a whole lot to gain for them and kind of everything to lose. If you lose to this Louisville team, you know, all your talk about, you know, we're Kentucky's back, we're so fun doing all this stuff, it just kind of goes out the window. Like, this would be a worse loss for them than UNC Wilmington, which is pathetic. If we to say. beat this team, I almost kind of want this Kentucky team to win a national title so we can say we beat them still. Well, I don't. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> I would love to beat them. I don't think it's going to happen. I've, I have absolutely no expectation. This isn't even one of those, like, fun years where I'm like, you know, like, 
Maybe crazier things have happened. Like I go, I'm going into this game with no expectation whatsoever. What are you willing to do? <laughs> like a Klondike bar commercial. What are you willing to do if UK Louisville beats Kentucky in basketball this year? The sad thing is, like I'm so we, we were gonna we were gonna go naked to a game and and, and and Louisville went undefeated. Remember? Yeah, that's a lot funner than like a lame duck coach beating Kentucky in like the the middle of a lame duck season. Like I mean. It, I don't like. There's just nothing that excites me about this game at all. I think mean, it's more funny than it, than than possible. But like, I still am just so depressed about the state of the program that it just it does nothing for me. This is where I am. It's it, there's a void. That's so sad. It is. It really is. It's not like when we beat him in '98 with like you know Denny was still the guy, and it was like this. Hopefully, is just like a downturn. Like we know this guy can win national titles because he's won national titles. Plus, I was still 18 and young and naive. Same, same. Yeah, I think uh, I was. Yeah, just a different era. Like this just feels like we're on a. We all know that this train is leading nowhere, and if you know there's an uptill, yeah. like eh, cool, it'd be funny, but like it's just it, it's not like beating UK this year would be like, hey, maybe this guy can turn it around. Maybe we're gonna be great. Yeah, it's more of like point and laugh at UK, but we still as a program. I mean, are we gonna hear that. If you do beat UK, we still fire him. It's like, he beat UK. Do we know what Trent Flowers is doing in Australia, by the way? I saw he was at number 80 on Sam Bassini's draft big board today. Oh, the other news, I know, I know they brought it up, but I won't, I won't go too much into it because I don't make you nervous. Uh, I did read the Ricky Jones article. Yeah, the man is very smart, yet somehow very stupid. It was bad. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I've met Ricky several times. I, I've liked him when I've met him. Uh, I, I, we he, talked about it last week. He it was, just wants to be. He just wants to be popular. He wants. He wants to be. He wants to be noticed. He wants to. It was bad. Brain, yeah. It was. Uh, I disagree with a lot. That it was, was there. very ignorant. Yet, yeah, so coming from someone that's very smart, it's amazing. Using volleyball as an example is just awesome. so just, bad. Just, just terrible. It was so bad. <laughs> Texas, can you do an article ranking every bowl game that we've played in, like you do with the UK games? Also, most disappointing U of L sports month in a long time. Football season kind of falls apart. Volleyball gets smacked in the Elite Eight. B-ball is unholy. We really need a vibes change. But also freaking Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar yesterday was great. That was a lot of fun watching yeah. that. His last throw was unreal. To, to I like I just, please don't skip my other text. <laughs> this has been a bad month for, for UofL sports. December has not treated us very well. No. I mean, you the women's team has not lost in December, which is good. Beating Kentucky is always good. But volleyball, not making it to the Final Four is a little bit of a disappointment considering you know we spent – a lot of the first part of the season at like number two or number three in the rankings. And then we lost to kind of our new arch rival in Pitt. Um, you know, soccer didn't advance that far in, in, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Pitt sucks this year. They also be football, too. Yeah, Pitt's kind of like our, our, a little bit of our nemesis. Um, it's been, yeah, it's, it's been a down month. Football, Just, not not great so far. On top of your head, if you were doing the ranking of the Bulls, what would, what would you think would near be near the bottom? What would you probably say the worst, would you be your first ball? Well, I mean, there's some games that like, I wasn't even alive for. That Well, not many. Like, what, three or four? Like the no, Pasadena I, Bowl? The, yeah, the, then the Sun Bowl, I think. There's only like three. We went to like three bowls that you probably missed. So if we're talking like games that have been alive, like bowl games, I mean, the – the worst one. I mean, it also kind of depends on like how the team did. Like, there've been forgettable games that like we don't care about. But I mean, it have to be a loss, I would assume. Yeah, like the like the the my senior year of high school was the year that we lost to my Ohio like four like by by forty points yeah, in the was, GMAC bowl. And that was it also was the second straight year that we've been to the GMAC bowl. We lost to Marshall, Marshall the year before. Yeah. So like, in fairness, in hindsight, it was Pennington and and Roethlisberger we lost to though. Yeah, but like still like, like that one sucked just because it was like. You know, we we you know we've been to Liberty Bowls before. Those we won conference championships. We want to get back to being good. Yeah, we went to two bowls before you were born. No, three. Sun Bowl, past. Oh, I'm getting Sun Bowl, yeah, Independence Bowl, yeah. I forgot Sun Bowl, yeah. Yeah, the '77 Independence Bowl against Louisiana Tech. 
That's my that's my number one most forgettable bowl. I don't know why the one that sticks out to me was the, who was the one, the LSU game we lost when, when uh, Citrus. That was Lamar's Heisman season. No, what was the name? When that one? What was the one we played with Lamar junior year? He did, I guess he didn't play. Lamar did play. He, he did play against Mississippi State. That well, we the, won that game, didn't we? No, we lost. We lost that game. Tax Slayer. Maybe that those, Jair skipped that game. That was the game that I remember. Like it was that was the one that was stuck out to me. It was just kind of like. Just left a bad taste in my mouth. We played bad. That and the one we lost to Georgia when Nick Chubb ran all over us. Belk Bowl. Yeah. Belk Bowl treated us poorly a couple times. My favorite thing about that that tax layer game against Mississippi State was like Lamar was like, I'm going to play. I'm, I'm not going to go out this way. You know, I don't, I don't want to opt out. And then Jair Alexander was like, I'm not playing in the bowl game. I'm going to start getting ready for the draft. And I don't know if you remember this, but like James Hearns, who'd gotten in trouble for a gun charge was like, I'm also not playing. I'm opting out. And I was like, buddy, you're not allowed to play in the game. But he was like, just like, he was like throwing his name in there and being like, I'm also preparing for the NFL draft. It's like, well, you don't, I don't think you have much of an option here, James. I mean, well done. I would just think, depending on personal preference, the Orange Bowl, uh, Liberty Bowl, maybe over Boise, the, the Fiesta Bowl, the Air Force and the Bowl Sugar Bowl were, were like like your top like four, right? I mean, yeah, I, the, the top ones I think are easy to pick out. Yeah, it's, I think the, you're, you'd have four. I think there's four or five of them in any order. I would be okay with. You're right. The the, the one we lost thirty nine to nothing in the Air Force in the first quarter. That's right up there too. Or thirty one twenty eight. It was yeah, <laughs> whatever. That was a forgettable ball game at the end of a forgettable season <laughs> yeah, for so sure. Bad. And they're like interviewing the guy and they're scoring behind us. It was bad. <laughs> Texas, how long before people's anger and frustration with Kenny Payne turns towards Josh Hurd? I love Josh, but my frustration with him is growing. If you want him fired right now, then maybe a little bit, but I don't see that. I mean, I think it are, people are already – I'm just basing this off of social media and like people who contact me, which I know is not fully reflective of the fan base. But I have seen more of that stuff going on where it's – the issue now is becoming – we're all very, very upset with the state of the basketball program, and with every game that we play and we look so inept, it just grows. And the, the la- when things are wrong with something that you're that, that passionate about, whether it's a relationship or your work or just something that you're a fan of, your initial, your natural reaction is, I've got to act, right? I, I've got to do something to fix this. I can't just sit here and continue this horribleness. And the reality is for us as fans, like there's there's not much that we can do. Like you're just sort of along for the ride. We're not calling the shots here, and so I think that's why it's so frustrating for people to watch the basketball program continue to like just carve out new depths that we didn't think were even possible before, and just sit here and like nothing's changing. So it gets to a point where you're like, you know, you go from we got to recruit better, we got to do this, we got to do that, and then when the the on court results are are not improving, you're like. We got to fire him. What's wrong with Josh? Why are we not hearing things? Like you just you, you don't want to hear that the answer is you just have to sit here and wait. When in reality, I think the answer is we just have to sit here. And wait. I mean, you got people that get mad at us. We're like, you got to call for his job. And I was saying that like in the first hour, you get a bunch of people after the DePaul game, and I'm like, I can't say anything that I haven't already said. Yeah. I, I said before he was ever hired, I, I thought that hiring Kenny Payne would be a disaster. It has been worse than my worst fears. I, it has to end. I'm fine whenever it ends, but it has to end sometime soon. Whether soon is at the end of this season, in two months, or three days from now, it has to end after this, after this campaign is done. And I, I feel like I can't say any better than that. Outside of that, there's nothing I can do. Like, like I, I sit here and wait like the rest of you all. But people, I, I understand their frustration. I understand the, the natural inclination to be like, I've got to do something. I've got to act. Something has to happen. Let me know that it's going to be okay. Let's start working towards the future. And the reality is, 
I don't think there's any work, real work that can be done, at least not out there in full focus, until we get to the page turn, whenever that happens. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get through as many of your texts as we can at 502-414-1450, and then we'll look ahead to Monday Night Sports. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. All right, final segment of the Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show, 1450-961. It's the Big X. Got about 20 minutes to have your thoughts heard on the show. If you want to make that happen, text us on the Thornton text line at 502-414-1450. Let's work fast here, Trev. We want to get to as many as we can. These people have been waiting patiently. They've had, they've got things to say. They want them said on the radio. We can make that happen for them. Let's do it. Texture says... Does heard silence mean that nothing is wrong? Remember last year when he finally gave a radio interview and gave a ringing endorsement to KP midseason? I mean, publicly, he needs to like somewhat be positive regardless, right? To a degree. Yeah, I mean, like, and, or is he going by the if you don't, like like I don't know if your mom was like mine. That one of her favorite phrases when I was a kid was, "If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all." I've got no problem with him saying what he said last year. He, he's the AD. I think behind closed doors, I know that he's – I'm sure he's frustrated. He's got to be, yeah. But, like, what what good does it do in the middle of the coach's first season to be like, I've got no faith in him whatsoever? That sucks. Like, you kind of have to at least – if you're going to give him a chance, yeah. which – That's know, our job. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, you've – yeah, exactly. Like, his job is to try to give – put his coaches in the best position possible to win, and doing that is giving him – and you could tell, like, Kenny Payne came out and said it meant a lot to him to give him that vote of confidence. Uh, it didn't change the on-court results, but it was – it's the right thing to do for somebody who's being paid to try to put this program in the, in the best position to have success. Texas from King of Queens. I love Arthur Spooner's take on It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, he said, quote, I don't get it. With George Bailey, the town wouldn't be duller. Without him, there's nightclubs, casinos. It's fabulous. <laughs> I wish he'd never been born. Pottersville definitely seems more fun it, it than did, yeah. Falls. Yeah. And by the way, I, for those wondering, I did watch the black and white version. I do. I've not. I'll know, never watch the color. Version. I've never. I haven't watched. I've only watched the movie twice anyway. But I'm never watching the color version. Texas Kelvin Sampson got to make him say no. There's the guy to make him say no. I thought no we guy. got Kelvin Sampson on this list already. No, uh, no. We had not gotten. Okay. No, got to make him say no. Guy's not. He's not. Said I Kelvin would definitely Sampson make Kelvin Sampson say no. I mean, I. I would lay in front of his car, like in his driveway, and be like, "Got to take the job." We've got Brad Stevens, Tom Izzo, Coach K, Greg Popovich, Roy Williams, Bob Knight, Mark Few, Scooter Dingus, John Beeline, Scott Davenport, Jay Wright, Danny Hurley, Tom Crean, Scooter Dingus, Matt Painter, Matt Painter. and Kelvin Sampson. I once uh, had dinner a dinner at a table next to Matt Painter on, on uh, Bourbon Street. Nice. Yeah, he was eating a po' boy. Texas Karan Davis probably <laughs> just insisted on KP teaching the team to defeat his own. <laughs> I mean. If there is no no truth to the Cron Davis like KP spat, I mean, if anything, should we bring Cron Davis in for showing the kind of like fire in, in in his belly? I mean, don't we need that right now? What did the athletic trainer at Michigan say to Jawan Howard, and who can we get to say that to Kenny Payne? 
You mean you mean wait a minute? Have you not heard of the Juwan Howard stuff that's out there? No, I mean well, that reference is going to go over your head. Okay, I was because I was like, you mean the Wisconsin coach? No, Greg Gard, that happened. Juwan Howard apparently got into an altercation with the, their strength coach over the weekend, and now he's probably going to get fired. That's a, see, but that it's easy to believe that because there's a track record of there it. Is. Now. There yeah, is. I mean, clearly there is. I mean, we've seen it publicly. Him do it. So I do like one of my friends sent me the the, the gif of and wouldn't, wouldn't Sting want- sitting at the very very top of the wrestling arena and like it zooms out he's like this is Karan Davis waiting to check in for the ball game <laughs> when he's when he's over the Raptors he don't yeah. overlook you he's just like sitting there staring I mean I think the best part was wasn't Juwan Howard like the best like YKP's going to work example that he was because we we reel through the examples of and one he, Calipari former assistants and how bad they were and then yeah. we go into the Former star players going back to their alma mater to coach, and they were all bad. And you're like, Juwan Howard's the one that's like kind of working right now. And but I was still negative because I still thought it was more Phil Martini than it was Juwan Howard. Yeah, it's. Uh, and I think I was. I mean, I be right. But I think I might have been close to right on that one. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know, it's not a good track record <laughs> for those coaches. Texas, another Karan Davis theory. One of the coaches owes someone money but can't pay, but he can offer a D1 basketball scholarship. <laughs> Whatever the real story is, we've got to find it. And this podcast, we'll get to the bottom it of it. It involves Manning, too, in some way. Texas, guys, doesn't uh, doesn't Kenny talk about Karan Davis because the first rule about Fight Club is you don't talk <laughs> about Fight Club? Texas, where's, where's my out electric Karan Davis tweet at? <laughs> That's what I'm waiting for. Texas, KP is ruined winner. He's the Grinch. Yeah, no, I don't know if he's the Grinch. I think people like still like the Grinch in a way. I mean, I still like Kenny Payne. <laughs> I just don't think he's a good basketball coach. By the way, you all, I know the, the, this guy texted something about the, I guess, the airhead candy canes. I heard y'all talking about candy yeah. canes last week, which I'm not a candy cane guy, but I 100% agree with you. Airheads, there was a time when you're used where airheads. They were the was, kings. There was no, you would, you would give blood for airheads. Like, they ran was, the show. Watermelon was my favorite. I don't know. I, I love, oh, I loved watermelon airheads. fine, but like, geez. I mean, and also, I think I had a discussion with you, like, Really, what's the difference between an airhead and like saltwater taffy? They're different. I mean, there's, I guess, like, I think one, like, there's a sugar intake, I guess, maybe, but yeah. They still make airheads, right? Oh, yeah. I haven't had airhead in so long. Speaking of which, in here, you remember my little tray with all my candy? A lot of text to get to. Who ate all the candy in here? I don't know, but Scoot said that uh, it's empty. Like, it is completely empty. Because you had said that Jessica made that for her, for him, and Scoot said no. He has no idea where it came from. Well, she made it for, like, the studio in general. Because Scoots had no idea where it came from. Because it was pretty, when I say studio, it's basically me and Scoots only. Exactly. So, but there was like, there was all kinds of Oreos in there and all those. I come in today and it's empty. Like, Scoots must, Scoots and Gil must have got baked and had a bunch of munchies or something. Classic Gil. Classic Gil. Classic Gil. That was my favorite part of last week. And Scoots is like, classic Gil. (laughs) But he's with me, I was listening to the podcast, he's like, he's like, is Scoots and Gil? He's like, and I was like, no, it's a running joke. Don't worry about it. Somebody texted the show and I saw on 308 on Friday when it wasn't working. They're like, just dead air here. Classic Gil. Classic Gil. <laughs> My favorite thing about our studio is that you and, and, and Scoots are the only two people who use that that room. Pretty much, yeah, except for Josh when he does play-by-play, yeah. And yet you still talk about, your, you still complain about things as if it's like a, there's like eight people, there's constant foot traffic no, in and just, out of there. It's like, it's like I don't know who did this. I'm like, well. I've got no, I know who did. That's what I'm saying. Scoots raided the tray. Somebody just did this. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure it's like a 50-50 chance he, here. He literally left me nothing but a bottle of Purell and sesame and, and sunflower seeds. That's all he left in the tray. <laughs> Texture says, absolute low of Louisville fandom. Mike and Trev talking about the Reds infield prospects <laughs> in the middle of December. One day we may heal. One day. <laughs> yes. No truer text has it's, ever been sent. One, yeah, I agree. 
Texas, I think this last, uh, I think this year and last year are more similar than they might seem. Last year we lost four to five games by one po- by one or a few. This year the coin just flipped the other way and we won them. Nothing has changed, just pure random luck. Did we really win? I mean, one, one, we lost four one point games last we year. We won what one one point game this year. We won. I mean, we, if you want to like, we count like Bellarmine boil it down maybe. to like five point games. Then like, yeah, we. I mean, New Mexico State we beat in overtime. Yeah, we beat UMBC by one. and We beat Bellarmine by five. Our losses have been. We, Don't forget they only had four players. Now we did lose to Texas by one, but yeah. our, our, every one of our other losses has been by seven points or more. It's not a bad tax. Like we could have easily been had a similar record this time a year ago and been like, this sucks, but at least we're winning games. Like we could have been like five and and four last year, four and five last year through nine games. Instead, we were zero and nine because we lost four games by one point. And because our coach sucks. Yeah, I mean, this. I think that's a. It's a fair tax. I mean, look the. The computer rankings are slightly better. We're 176 on Ken Palm. We are, though, we are 255 in Haslam metrics and 269 in the net rankings, which is just, to be a power conference program, you've got to, you've got to work I mean, to aren't be we, that bad. Weren't we behind a team with zero wins? We we still are. <laughs> Eastern Washington. They're 0-9 and we're and they're ranked ahead of us. 0-6. They've beaten a couple of D3 teams, <laughs> but they've played good teams close, and that to the computer's like, they're better than Louisville. I mean, they might be. They might be. Texas, do you all think that Bobby 2.0 at Arkansas will be successful? No. I don't. No. I think he'll get the head coaching job in a year, and I think he'll be like, okay, but I don't think he'll ever get back to like the, the Cotton Bowl year they had. And yeah, and Arkansas is like South Carolina and some of those other SEC schools. They, they, you, you can't just dwindle 500. They're not going to put up with that. Texas Torvik has us favored in the next two, and then once more against ND at home on two twenty one. I think Ken Palm's got the same. I think he's Torvik. Bart Torvik is one of the college basketball analytics sites. Okay. Uh, Ken Palm has us exactly the same. Has us favored against Arkansas State, which I mean, these are Arkansas State and Pepperdine are one ninety four and one ninety three in his rankings respectively, and he still has us favored to win both games at home by just five. And then our only other win he has projected to be or to be favored in is over Notre Dame. Uh, seventy to sixty-seven. Oh, we're not going to beat Notre Dame. I can tell you right now uh, because Notre Dame's bad. Uh, yeah, and so are we. But they're but better. Get better. But they're better coached. And, they, and then they will get better as the season goes on. Yeah, and we won't. But so. their roster compared to ours is apples to oranges. Like we have so much more talent. But I'm with you. Which like, is which is not that doesn't make me feel any better. Me saying that, by the way. No, it doesn't. It makes me feel worse. Texture says uh, Kenny Payne at every post game press conference. This is a story all about how my life got flipped. Turned upside down. <laughs> I saw him trending yesterday. Texas, by no means was that Bama team that we beat in the Fiesta Bowl great, but as Mike noted, they won it all the next year, and their defense was really good, and Louisville lit them up. I think Louisville scored as many points as like four or five of their previous opponents combined. Was it the next year or two years after the, the It was the next year. Okay. I, I couldn't remember. I was thinking it was two years for some reason. Texter says, uh, this is an image of Karande. I have nothing to say about Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard is not in trouble. I didn't know he was at the game, but if he was, that's fine with me. And then photoshopped Jawan Howard's face onto the Cron Davis picture of him at the Bellarmine game. And not to interrupt you, it was two years later. I thought the, it was the next, next year, year they went eleven and one and won the Blockbuster Bowl. And then in two, ninety-two they went thirteen and zero and beat won the Sugar Bowl. Was they housed Miami? Yeah, it was two oh, years. Oh, I always thought it was the year. after. Now they went eleven and one the next year. And, Maybe but, that's what I was. Yeah, thought. but they they was two years later. Yeah, the the whole uh, George Teague taking the ball from uh, yeah. the dude. Yeah, and it was that was two years. That's a wild I went because I remember I went to uh, space camp in Alabama that year in seventh grade, and I they gave us uh, cans of Coke and it, it was a commemorative Alabama championship can. I never opened it to this day. I still have it. Texas, I wonder if I can sell it to anybody. <laughs> Texas, something that nobody has talked about is how nobody on the staff other than Nolan, because he something 
something nobody has talked about is nobody on the staff. I don't even know what this. So you think you need to proofread this? Show up to recruit at the Derek Smith shootout at St. X while UK's entire staff was there recruiting. These guys know they're done. There's, oh, he's saying Nolan didn't even Nolan, show up to his own dad's turn, tournament. No, Nolan did. Okay. He's saying he's the only one that did show up to the Derek Smith shootout last weekend. Probably because it was a dead shootout, though. Maybe. The, the, yeah, exactly. That's what he, yeah. he said because he had to. The the staff is certainly recruiting like a staff that knows they're not going to be here next year. Like, if you want to like look read between the lines, like we're not. They're they're going after nobody. We've got one player in our recruiting class for next year. We don't seem to be actively working to add anybody else, uh, and we're not. I mean, we don't have any recruits that are coming to campus ever. It's like there's no recruiting news coming out of basketball. It's a pretty good. That's, that's, a, yeah, that's, that's a good point. What was the last recruiting news we had in basketball? None. There's none. Like they are acting Is it like flowers leaving for Australia. They are acting like they know they're all going to get fired, so we're not going to do anything. Yeah, that's what we saw. And yeah, that's that's. I mean. That's sad. I love how you see how we skip the image of the guy mocking the Juan Howard with the quote. Texture says, <laughs> Mike starts to get into coaching search tidbits, and Trevor just randomly brings up tweets from Chiefs fans. Read the bleeping room, Trevor. I was trying. I was, I was like, I can hear everybody just screaming at the radio right now. You're like, these tweets from these Chiefs fans. I'm like, I'm trying to t- tell people something here. <laughs> <laughs> Texas, since this b-ball season is done trev should be our randy marsh go to the rest of the games drink too much and fight the other team's drunk dad <laughs> i guess that's my guy uh would if i was if i was 10 years younger i probably would texas chris jans or mike white i hope to god that isn't the butt i can't imagine mike white would be on our radar i don't think he is texas dana evans is from gary Next time says, watch it, Trevor Dana Evans. Yeah, sorry. My bad. That, the last thing I want to do is make somebody from Gary angry. You should. That's, <laughs> yeah, it's Jerome Harmon was from Gary. Texas, please tell me you all at least saw Olivia Cochran cross that UK guard up so badly by the UK player that her shoe came off oh, and she no. scored a thousand. Oh, it was I great. See that. She crossed her up and like had like, created a little layup on the baseline. It was awesome. That game was. Well, I mean, poor Kentucky. They, they're just the they're not history of getting crossed over by us. They had, they're not very good this year. They were. I was so frustrated watching that game. Everything was a charge for like the middle part of the game, like the end of the second quarter and most of the third quarter. Like it was just players were just fly- on both sides, and it was just it became almost unwatchable for a period there. Thankfully, like our talent won out in the in the, the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth, and we pulled away. Texas Karan Davis is clearly Danny Manning's nephew. It reminds me of the office when Michael tried to hire his nephew. I don't remember that episode. I don't either. I I, I didn't watch at a certain point, so I just assumed you know I missed it. Texas, my theory on Karan Davis is that Danny Manning had a lot of gambling debt with a member of Karan's family, and they cut a deal to forget the debt if he got a spot on the team. Wasn't that a, that was a plot line in uh, uh, Ozarks, wasn't it? Like, didn't, didn't Jason Bateman have to hire like the the KC yeah. mob guy's nephew or something? There, maybe there is this this, 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 <laughs> this investigative podcast. If you like to sponsor it, by the way, let us know. We'll get into all of this. We're gonna find out the story of what's going on with Karan Davis. Texas will find out uh, who killed JFK before we know if Karan Davis even exists. <laughs> Maybe Karan Davis has something to do with JFK. Texas losing to his one and seven DePaul team, so apparently Rock Bottom does have a base. That tweet you put out there had oh, the video me. of the girl. I mean, I I almost pee myself laughing at that video so long. I mean, I don't know if that's common or out. Poor Kadarius. I don't know. I don't know how if that's been a me. That's been something that's been popular for years, and I just now saw it. But that had me laughing so hard. I don't even think this is rock bottom. <laughs> Keep in mind, we were an underdog in this game. Being being an underdog alone is maybe more embarrassing than actually going out there and losing the game to maybe the worst DePaul team of any of our lifetimes, which is, again, saying something incredible. The worst power conference program oh, no, we, for we, basically the last decade and a half is 
at rock bottom themselves, and they're still like, well, I think we can get Louisville, and then they do. I mean, I, honestly, the, 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 this this team, the, the hole it's dug that's so deep, I mean, Kenny Payne's head's popping up in China right now. Texted, I heard that on CNN that Karan Davis was a Russian plant by Donald Trump to ruin U of L basketball. If CNN said it, that must be true. That reeks of a Chris the Plumber tweet. I don't think um, it, yeah, it is Chris yeah, the Plumber. Yeah, it, it, it is. He didn't sign it. Oh, Chris, you got to sign it. Come on. He didn't sign that You got to sign it. Yeah. His uh, one right before that is, by the way, the lies are starting to be seen for what they are. Trump's leading in the polls. I'd try getting your news elsewhere. <laughs> oh, he's, he's mad about the, the January 6th joke. Oh, okay. I mean, come on, Chris. It was a good. It was a joke. Also, I mean, come on. <laughs> Texas, instead of YOLO, uh, when he throws a player a prayer, we should say he shucked it. <laughs> okay. Texas, would any other program of our stature not fire Kenny Payne right now in this scenario? I'm really not looking forward to Kenny laughing it up with Cal and the Wagners after we get 30 piece oh, on our own floor so with most of the UK fans. That was the one. Like, I, I still did have to say. Like, I tweeted out, "It's like laugh it up, Kenny," when he, he's laughing and shaking hands to Paul. Because because everything else that I see is just this is I mean this is DePaul for God's sake they've been a joke to all of us for as long as we've been alive and it, it's a one in seven DePaul team that hasn't come remotely close to beating another power conference opponent that they've played and they l- lead us pretty much from start to finish we never look like we're competitive and he's smiling with Tony Stubble feeling at some point like. Even if you don't feel that way, even if you do feel like, oh. Read the room. Like, like yeah, like, like give us a little bit of something. Like, let us know that you're just as mad about this that, as we are. Because guess what? Like, we're going through this. We're not getting paid $3 million to, to, go, to do this. We're not going to make $8 million if, if, you know, to, to have this, to not be a part of the program anymore. Like, the, the laughing, the smiling is just beyond infuriating at this point. Uh, I mean, he does it this year. Can you almost like assume he's trolling us? He's going to do it this year. He's trolling us then, right? He's going to do it before the game. He'll do it after the game. No, I think that's just who he is. I think that's just, it's his natural way of handling things. I think that's his disposition, which is fine in, in 99.9% of circumstances. Well, then don't get mad when, is, when our natural way of handling things of losing is booing you off the court. Yeah. I mean, I think the point about, I'm trying to put ourselves in the situation of any other like elite program in college basketball. Like, would you know, Indiana had it with Tom Crean, but they knew they were getting into it with Tom Crean that first year. And he showed significant progress in year two and every year after that for a while until he eventually flatlined and, and they had to fire him. Yeah. But if, let's say Kansas, let's say they got hit by the NCAA as hard as some people thought they were going to. And they hired two years ago a coach that was kind of like, eh, not, not really usually up to Kansas' standards. And he had a terrible first year, and now they're looking just as bad in year two. Like, would they go ahead and ax him? I mean, I. I kind of think so. I, I know our situation is unique given the the recent history, but I, I don't know. It's hard. I mean, we just, we just haven't seen another program be this bad for back-to-back years. I mean, Roy Williams took over for the uh, National Championship Kansas team that was put on probation, and he still won 19 games in his first year. The thing, too, is like when you've had dismal seasons. coach, but when, I mean. When you've had dismal seasons at places like Duke or Carolina or – you know, Kentucky, Cal Perry, they won nine games a few years ago. Like, it, it's typically happened with coaches that have already proven something, right? Like, you trust yeah. them because, yeah, Coach K is having a terrible year, but he's Coach K, for God's sake. Like, we're doing this with a guy who'd never been a coach before. And there's nothing to back up the notion that this is going to get better. And that's the difference. That includes on the court, too. 
Yeah. All right, let's go real quickly. All right. This is my dad would say that Royal, the Royal Oak Rebels hook and lateral of 57 in the suburbs of Detroit is in the annals of football. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Me too. Texas says, uh, Mike, are you saying Cal is leaving UK to come to Louisville? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's Cal versus NATO. It's is my understanding. Texas, the uh, portal is the game now everywhere. It's not Juco. Well, it's except all about, for Karan Davis. It is all about the portal. Texas, Jawan Howard, got to make him say no. At least we won't have to worry about him smiling in the handshake line after a loss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is you rather have your coach attempting to fight the other coach after a loss or our coach try attempting to like be best buddies with every coach after Some a loss? Some of the things we said about KP, I'm glad he's not Jawan Howard's attitude. He'd probably come to the studio looking for us. <laughs> Texas says, Mike, what would you do if KP got a, a year three? Oh, I mean, a, a year three after like, like a 10 win season this year, I, I mean, I'd have to be very angry on the radio for a very long time. I would still watch, but I'm not going to be. Yeah, I'm going to be so negative and just UL might want to pull, pull our plug. They're going to hate me so much. Texas, I picture KP as Lucille, Lucille Bluth saying she loves all her kids, <laughs> and then it cuts to uh, her, KP saying, I never cared for Karan. <laughs> I love the blue boy. I never cared for Karan. <laughs> Texas, if Cam Ward goes to Miami, I will be so pissed. I didn't even consider having to play him next year unless we got into the CFP. I know NIL is legal, but they're cheating still somehow. I think I think the, what I when I read McCord looks to be going to Miami more than anything. There's some talk there. I mean, I think I think everybody's trying to get in on those two guys. Yeah, Cam Ward, I'd be shocked if he's not USC or Ohio State. Texas, I may be the reason that we lost to DePaul. I ratted on JJ Trainer for not pulling his weight in a group project. No, JJ's just he's hurt. He's hurt. Texas, all shoot, all shucks, all bleep, bleep happens, see it works. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Ross. <laughs> Texas, Mike, have you heard the story about Jody being seen buying the big UK case of Bud Light this weekend at a gas station? Is that real? I don't <laughs> I don't want to know if that's a real rumor that's out there. I mean, but they don't they just they make just you and that just coincidence that he likes Bud Light, it's a UK case. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> He's rigging Bud Light though. <laughs> Texas says, let's go get Chris Beard and correct this wrong and make the NCAA termination. No, let's not. No, let's not get Chris. Let's not get Chris Beard. I did stop at like a McDonald's one time, in like Eastern Kentucky, and it gave me it was a UK themed cup. I literally poured it out. I can't. I, I couldn't do it. I, I didn't want it either. I, was, I just beer. poured it out and went to a gas station, got another drink. Real quickly, we got two dueling Monday night games tonight: um, Titans at Dolphins. To Nebraska, like an hour ago. I'm sorry. Titans at Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins 13 and a half point favor. Two wins. Who covers? Dolphins winning cover. Dolphins winning cover as well. Packers at Giants. Green Bay. Rolling with Jordan Love. Five and a half point road favorites you got. Uh, Packers. Packers winning cover. Winning cover. Same thing. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Enjoy the Monday Night Action. We're back tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Go Cards.